Elizabeth Warren, her gun plan talks about raising taxes on gun manufacturers from 11% to 50%. But I think Andrew Yang's freedom dividend, yeah. his, his, it's kind of like UBI light in my mind, right? It's, it's, it's not that much, but it's, and it's maybe one of the best marketed fucking things I've ever, ever. heard in my whole life. Yeah. The freedom dividend. Jesus Dude. Christ. News that you could tell they don't necessarily like to report. Yeah. But, but they do. do. Yeah. That's that's 538. Welcome to the south of the streets. Coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat. With everything going on in this nation, we need some information. And that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation. With real talk and real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause that's the what, what's that? Oh, let's get ready. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, August 31st, 1.17 p.m., episode 67. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. Not bad for a few weeks off. Oh, nice. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we got another big old grab bag for you. We're going to be covering topics from Epstein to China to... 2020 candidates and everything else in between. Yeah, and hell more. stuff about candidates. I'm highly excited about that because I got some spin off topics that, uh, like big picture type stuff, spinners, I want to get bro. into. But before we get into all that good stuff, it's been a few weeks. I spent some time out in the woods. We put a couple of blog posts out, which was really cool. <laughs> blog posts. Like, almost like we're professionals, bro. Even when we're gone, content still getting put out, baby. Boom. Um, so I would personally like to thank you for your heavy part in that situation. I appreciate that. For sure, bro. It takes so much. It's so nice to be able to just disappear out in the woods for a few days and forget about everything i'm happy that i was able to do it you know yeah it took two weeks but i was able to do it i will say your your blog post was like eight and a half nine minutes or something like that yeah but it was great like that it was so good it's been a while since i've done one of the audio blog posts it's Um, it's a different animal my friend chad uh who is in the league with us he oh yeah used my blog post as a source for a paper he wrote for one of his classes. <laughs> he had to write a paper on like social media and the negative effects, and he used my blog post as, oh, <laughs> as a <whoa>. source. <laughs> like that's uh, funny, bro. So, I would love to know the context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna ask him to read that paper after he turns it in. <laughs> no, that would be dope. Like, I would imagine the tact on that would be, you know, that. With all the negative effects of social media, there is still some good that comes through. There are still people that we do a better goddamn job half the time of digging into the facts than the New York Times and the Washington Post does anymore. What? Which, can I just say, um, I kind of want to talk about this at some point today, but I, I went away only for like three, four days, right? Yes. And I had... No social media contact. I had no nothing. Most of the time, I didn't have any service whatsoever, which I did find out really cool. Your GPS location still fucking works, even if you have no service at all. 
You it's can pretty call sweet. 911 with no service too. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, People don't know that, but it will just automatically. I mean, as long as there's some way for your phone to receive service, like obviously mm-hmm. if there's no reception at all, then yeah. you can't. But it will ping off of any tower that it can reach. That makes sense. Yeah. If I feel I feel good about that, considering yes. where the fuck I was, regardless of your cell phone carrier. Hanging out in fucking Grizz territory, bro. Yeah. Did you see any animals while you were out there? Uh, yeah, I did. You did? I saw, what did I see? Cattle. Oh, A really? shit ton of them. Is that it? On a fucking mountain. Really? <laughs> yeah, so you that- You let in their cattle room. That was something Crazy. that I had no real idea was a thing. So this is one of the pictures from where we were. I'll go ahead and I'm going to be I'm going to be throwing these up on the uh, Salt of the Street Instagram if you're interested in looking at some of the most gorgeous country that we have. Yeah, that's fucking cool. It blows my fucking mind to think that there are there's places like that where you can I mean this wasn't even like the middle of it. This was that's the crazy. outskirts of it. We yeah. were like maybe 10 miles into the back country. That's maybe. What's up. And for miles and miles and miles there's nothing. Yeah. Just fucking Nature it was you and your brother, right? Yeah, and it's it's all at once like incredibly exciting and gorgeous, but still incredibly humbling, and it makes you feel really, really, really small. Yeah, and you go, "Wow, if this is what it was like before we came in here and like fucked it all up to make it so like it's safe for us, like people there would be like no people left. Yeah, there would be nobody around because nobody can live out there." Unless they really know what they're doing and are well prepared. I've been watching this show called Alone. Um, that's on the History Channel. And it's they took 10 dudes and they went up to Alaska and dropped them off at different points, like 10 miles or so apart in this like little sound. Mm-hmm. And they're like, just exist. Like they let them bring 10 things off this list of 40, you know, and so they're like different survival things. You can only bring 10 things and... You you don't get to talk to anybody. There's like mm-hmm. there's something that will stop you from being able to reach the people that are mm-hmm. around you. Um and you don't get to know when anybody quits, you don't get to know how many people are left or anything like that, and you you know, you can only live off of like the shit you brought and whatever you find there. So and then the last person doing it gets like a half a million dollars. Hmm. Um I'd be down as fuck for to do that. There Are you kidding me? That sounds really like a vacation. Yeah, it was really interesting the amount of people that I think that you might actually be able to do something like that. There's a lot of people that could like a bunch of dudes that really struggled with being by themselves, you know? Oh, yeah. And you enjoy people like in the way of interacting and like doing with whatever, but I don't think you would be insanely bothered by that much time to like self-reflect. Like you might get into some really dark, dangerous territory, but I don't think that you would like ever be at a point where you're like i can't handle being alone you know no like no i think i'm very comfortable i mean eventually you would or eventually you would go crazy and then not care anymore but but at least in the purposes of this competition like i don't think that would be as big of an obstacle for you as it was for some of these other people on this show you know like where's my fucking twitter at yeah it was (laughs) one dude made a boat like he made a little canoe out of fucking you know branches and shit that he cut down and then wrapped a tarp around it and used it to get somewhere and another dude made this enormous like a 
this fucking native fish trap thing. It was this huge oh, yeah. wooden cone. Oh, it was crazy, bro. It, it was insane. Those Some things were badass, that, yeah, man. that those people made. It took him like four days, but it was all made out of sticks that he found and like vines and stuff. And he yep. wove it all. Hand- it was crazy, bro. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. Let me ask you this real quick. It's on Prime. Um, you should watch that. It was it's on hit- Amazon Prime? Yeah, it was a history right. channel show. It's called Alone. It was. It was. You would really like it. Alone on Prime. Yeah. Some Got of those it. people are stupid. One dude was drinking unfiltered water. He That's was taking dumb. water and pouring it through moss and then was collecting That's how you side. get Giardia. Yeah. Don't do that, bro. Idiot. You're going to really he regret it. He was drinking water that didn't taste salty but was still seawater. So he was fucking <sighs> hallucinating. He's sitting in his tent and he's hallucinating, bro. Here I'm wondering if he did that shit on shit. purpose now. Dude, crazy. Yeah, and so he was telling the people who came to pick him up, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no, you can't be drinking that water. <laughs> you yeah, can't, dude. you can't be doing that, man." Yeah, that's funny. See, like that's what I wanted Survivor to be originally. Like I wanted that to really be Survivor. Yeah, like a group of people just like, "All right, good fucking luck, guys." <laughs> There's cameras all over the place, Tropic Thunder style. Wink, wink. Um, but- These people have to record themselves. Oh, you're gonna make your own shot, Survivor Man style. So you yes, gotta, you gotta put a camera out and then do whatever you're gonna Dude, do. Dude, I'm like super into this right now. Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch you, that. It might still be on. You should fucking. I'll see check it out. Applying for it. Yeah. Um, shit. What was I gonna say? Being alone. Oh shoot! I don't even remember. Mm. Crap! I lost it. That's Oops. right. It was. It was not that important. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. Oh man, but. But yeah, see no. us uh, lose our, our train of thought more often. You can check out our uh, our social media. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we have our Salt of the Streets Facebook at Salt of the Streets, our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our YouTube at Salt of the Streets, where you can find this video, our pre-show, and all of our other videos. We have our own personal social medias. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Offy on both of those things. You can find all of this on saltofthestreets.com. Everything is there. All of the episode stuff, our links to old episodes that are relevant to those episodes, our videos, everything you can find on there. And my wife is working on making it better now. So, what were you going to say? I was going to say, in another probably three weeks, because yes. it's taken me this... I've had this appointment now for like a month, but I will finally be able to lose the glasses again and go back to contacts. Are you going to get... Eye surgery or contacts? no? Just getting contacts. Right. It's Go just contacts is what I wanted said. to. I'm called to make an appointment like a month ago, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have anything till like mid September." Jesus. Okay. Well, yeah. Fucking pencil me in then. That's so weird. But so hopefully in a couple weeks, two weeks from now is my actual appointment, and then hopefully by the following show, like on the 20th of September, you won't have to see all the glare in my glasses. Back to no glasses, Offy. Huh? Yeah. Dude, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> Did you find it interesting? This no. is a shift of, <laughs> of, uh, of topic. But when we were at the town hall, mm-hmm. um, there was a couple of people that asked about the Green New Deal. Right? Yes. And they asked about it. Very passionately. Yes. They asked about it really only in the frame of climate change, right? Mm-hmm. There was one girl, the young girl, who did acknowledge, I mean, yeah, probably around the same age that I was, um, that I am that acknowledged there was some progressive ideals that were in it. But everyone else, the other two, three people that asked about it, and that's all she really said is she said, like, I know yeah. that there's, like, progressive stuff in there, but climate change and blah, like, and then moved mm-hmm. on back to climate change. It's right? an existential threat, I fear for my life. Right, right. Um, I thought that it was very interesting 
that that was all they addressed, right? Because there we we both read it. We both have read the green oh, yeah. deal, so we both it don't know, take that long. It's not very big. <laughs> we both know that there's way more than just climate change stuff in there, right? Climate oh, change yeah. as a like an overreaching ideal has its hand in everything that they're talking about so as to make it relevant to climate change yeah right it's but, more like the reason why yeah. these changes we want to make right that's kind of what um, i think it it does so i i thought that was very interesting and it struck me that they may or may not have read it if that's the only thing that they're talking about right mm-hmm. and they may have read it and just agree with that other shit and so they do it doesn't seem relevant to them to bring up you know or they may have not read it and just hear what has been discussed and so they know that they know that that's what's in it quote unquote right know that that's what's in it um and i just thought that that was interesting because like i said we've both read it so we both know and we talked about it for a long time i'll go back and i'll find um i'll write that down so i'll go back and i'll find the episode that we talked about the green new deal because while we were off uh representative dan crenshaw was on Joe Rogan, right? Have you listened to Dan Crenshaw, Joe Rogan? Oh, dude, I I wanted to wait until <laughs> like I had a whole day to sit, uh, but yeah, no, I I started it as soon as it popped in. Word. So, um, same with Bernie Sanders. So I enjoyed Dan Crenshaw, and Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, that was it was um, good. There was only a couple of things that I thought. Well, one thing that I thought was really weird, right? Or maybe not weird that I didn't agree with was his views. On on cannabis, right? yeah, I knew you were going to say that. He, well, he's like, well, I'm going to wait and see, you know, like what what the data says about like kids using it and shit like that. And it's like, well, we already have studies that came out about that, and we've less kids are using it now than were then, at least yeah. being reported, right? And they're presuming it's because they're seeing their parents smoke pot now, and they don't fucking think it's cool anymore, you know. And it's what's well, either that or they just can't get it because yeah. the black market has. It's it's still there, which I gotta imagine plays a factor. Yeah, but it's not as easy to get anymore because it's so easily to get legally over the counter. Cheap. It's fucking cheap. It is cheap, dude. Yeah, it's cheap. It wasn't cheap, cheap. and now it is. Mm -hmm. It's very affordable. It's it's cheaper than cigarettes, especially if you cheaper than these fucking jewel pods. If you match up like with you know. Do you like because most shops have like daily deals and stuff. So if you yep. match up with a daily deal, you get a fucking joint for like two dollars, bro. Yeah. If you like never smoke weed or smoke weed rarely or didn't start until you know it became legal, you get a joint for like three dollars. That will get you high. Like, and you'll be like, "This is awesome." You know, this is mm-hmm. exactly what I was looking for. Or you can spend fifty dollars, you know, on just a couple of grams of weed and get really, really fucked up. You know, there's all kinds of different shit. Like it's, but. So I thought that was interesting. That he's like, I'm gonna wait and see, mm-hmm. you know, what the what the information is about it because it seems pretty clear. It doesn't to me, surprise you know? me that he holds that. Yeah. It's just, it's old at this point. Yeah, and you could tell like Joe tried to like egg him on a little bit about it, and it was like at this point, like you just know there's something that he's worried about, like politically. He's not going to open that fucking Pandora's box right, right now. It's not what he wants to do. I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, he's not really going to give a shit because he'll just vote to to stay where he's at. And if his constituent wanted enough, he'll sign off on it. He yeah. don't care. But yeah, I think that is interesting that there's so many. There's still after. Oh, that reminds me. I never did get to that article that you sent me about the change in Kitsap cannabis laws. Oh, well, we can talk about that um, too. But uh, it still surprised me that to this day, there's still so much misinformation out there. Yes. We watched a fucking thing on YouTube the other day. This guy, 
Um, it's a great channel. He does great videos. It's called Life Noggin. Big shout out to Life Noggin. He um, he does these great animated things, little ten minute like explainers, and he did one on cannabis and sleeping and the problems with sleeping. Yeah, and he got most of the things right. He did, but like I felt like he did a very he didn't do the proper context wasn't in there and there wasn't as much nuance as there should have been. So it almost came off like you shouldn't be using it mm-hmm. if for this and this reason versus that reason. And that was a little disingenuous, but just generally speaking, the the lack of misinformation and the misconception that it has is just so vast. It's and I think it's because the people that use it at least where we're from still like a lot of people still keep it way on the down low. Yeah. They don't want their friends to know. They don't want their coworkers to know. They don't want because the they clients. will instantly be jugged. Yeah. The fucking clients. <laughs> Although I there's clients that partake as well. I it just, because I've seen even in my little shop, man, like I see people, very prominent people in like this town yeah. that have this appearance of such propriety. And, you know, but they're in there too. Right. They're the ones looking over their fucking shoulder and like watching who's around before they walk into the store and they please, get in and quickly, out. Just quickly, I just quickly, I need yeah. to go. Yeah. And it's, it's sad that that's where we're at when nobody bats an eyelash if you're going to talk about going to the bar and getting fucked up tonight. Right. There's no, but to bring it back to the Dan Crenshaw, Joe did talk about that. He's like, well, we're sitting here drinking scotch. Right. Doesn't that doesn't that feel slightly hypocritical? And he and Joe said he said I could I could have smoked weed before this interview, which I didn't. He said, but mm-hmm. I could have, and we would have had the same conversation. Yeah, like, it would not have been you know vastly different just because I got high before we yeah. had this conversation. And it know? sounds so like stoner to say this, but it's yeah. like you really have no concept of what cannabis is like unless you have used it. Yeah, more than one time in high school. You know, if, unless you've experienced it for a little while, you have no concept of what the real aspects of it are. Especially modern day cannabis, like that's purchased in a store, right? Because, yeah. like, there are some people who are um, concerned about like laced weed, right? Yes. Which is not something I've ever. I've smoked a lot of pot in my days. I've smoked a lot of pot. In my 24 years, right? Like, I started smoking weed when I was, like, 13. So, it's been nine solid years, you know, of smoking weed. I have never once purchased weed or heard of someone buying weed that was laced with something that Bad. they didn't know about. Yeah. Right? Um, so, I think that that's just my experience, but I think that that's a strange thing. In, in, in older times, that was more of a concern, right? So... I think that unless you have used weed where it's at now, you know, where you don't have to be scared about what's in it, you can mm-hmm. smoke it, take one hit and not 10 because you don't need 10 hits anymore if you don't smoke weed. Nope. You need one hit of some regular weed and kick and, it, you and know, just chilling. and like, yeah. You're like, wow, I'm not all stressed out anymore. I'm relaxed. I My fucking shoulder, my knee is not in throbbing pain anymore. Do you want to know But something? like, I'm not high. It's like... Yeah, congratulations. You're a cannabis user now, and now you understand why there's so many people that do. Our good friend, Dave Zukowski. Dave Z-Man. He used to, obviously used to smoke all kinds of weed back in the day. Oh, yeah. And doesn't really smoke pot anymore, but told me- Child of the 60s. He probably told me this like a month 
maybe like six weeks ago. And he was like, so I decided I was going to, he told me he was going to try smoking pot again. And then a couple of days later was like, Hey, I tried smoking pot again. Right. And I was like, tell me about it. Like, how yeah. did it go? And he was like, I went down to the weed store and I told the girl, like, I don't want to go to outer space. I just want, you know, like some joints that like, <laughs> I can, would totally you know, say yeah. That. And, um, and that's exactly what he said too. I love Z-Man. And so he did that and he went home and he, you know, drank a beer and smoked like a half a joint. And he said that he got up and he went to throw the beer can away and he said that he was in more pain he's ever been in in his whole life. (laughs) And I was like, what? And he said, yeah. He said, it was like every joint pain I've ever had. He said, it didn't go away. It came (laughs) flaring back. He said, I was bent over walking so slow to throw away my beer can i was like are you fucking serious and he yeah he was like he was like i don't know what it was like i don't know what the deal is but like whatever you know however it happened i he was like and i don't want to do it again because i was in so much pain and i was like and that makes sense you know i was like it's like you could if you want try different shit you know like you try some cbd shit that's like not gonna get you high you know like you get some stuff that's mm-hmm. like half and half like there's there's all kinds of stuff you can do if you do want to try again you know but i was like that's so weird i've never heard of that before someone smoking pot and they're in more pain than they were before i've never heard that thought that was weird right but i will say this um and this is a testament to why i think more people that are just so patently opposed to it blindly yeah should give it a try is because it affects everybody differently yes you know, for me, I can, I think it's more of like a tolerance thing now, but like I can smoke a little bit of weed and be totally fine and not feel drowsy at all, not feel anything and just, you know, take, like, smoke like half a joint or something yeah. like that. And I'm good to roll. You know, I'm good to, I can be very productive. You know, there's a little bit of paranoia that kicks in uh, for me, which I find like fuel to me because yeah. it's like, it just makes me need to do things right because i get super paranoid now about being like fucking lazy about being too lazy yeah, yeah. unless it's like a hardcore indica strain in which case this is like i don't want to be alive to the world right now i want to sit here and watch my shows and just yeah. relax every muscle in my body but for the most part like i gotta try to get to that level you know it's it's like i want to come home at the end of the day and drink a beer i don't want to get buzzed up and drunk i just want right. to have a beer because i i enjoy it it helps relax a little bit there's no difference right except i might be doing a little minor liver, liver damage and i might be doing a a, a little bit of minor lung damage Worth just it. from the smoke but it's Worth i mean it. it's it's probably much better than this shit at this point my little That's, fucking vape pen. I've seen articles about people getting sick from different weird lung diseases uh-huh. from like vapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this this article about the way they're thinking about changing the cannabis, right? Um, it's still worth reading, but they talked about a couple of different things, and one of them was releasing more licenses. Yeah, right. Um, but they were also talking about releasing more licenses to minority. To, yeah, I don't remember exactly what the phrase was that they used, but it was not like at-risk communities, but like something like that, right? Yes. Yeah, and so it was women, veterans, minority, like like racial minorities, like yeah. those those are the people that are going to be focused primarily on it, and they're going to have access to grants to be able to buy equipment. Yeah, for these to get things, going and right? stuff. So the same deal with like the other shit we were talking about with like sports and what. Like I don't mm-hmm. think that I don't think it's a bad idea at all to let people have to release more licenses for people to do shit. I don't understand the focus on everyone ex- and I'm not like 
white people are, you know, are being targeted. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't understand the focus on everyone but white males. Like, everyone but white males is going to have in- increased access to this new set of whatevers, you know, of licenses. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's weird. Like, I think that's very strange. And I think you know? the way – and I think this is weird, right? Because I have mixed feelings on this because, really, I think it's one of those where you have to kind of wait and see how it works out. Right. Um, but – as far as like a small business goes or just a business in general, right? There are current perks, similar perks and tax breaks and stuff like that. Say if you are a veteran owned business, yeah. cause I looked into this cause we got a lot of vets in my office and I was like, well, how many do we need to be classified as a veteran owned business? Because we get certain tax deductions and oh, benefits sure. and stuff, right? So if that's the tact that they take, yeah, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I do because it's a licensing thing and not just anybody can go out and start it. I get a little bothered by that because there's not the the total free market availability where you can just you go out and I'm start saying? one. Yeah. And so if if it comes down to like you know if the veteran owned businesses and the minority owned businesses and the women owned right. businesses if they get priority first priority for licenses I'm not really down with that. Right. Because I'm not really down with necessarily like the affirmative action stuff in general anyways. Yeah. Which I feel that's kind of just an offshoot of, you know. And so really, it just like I said, I think it comes down to how that implementation is going to go. Yeah. But I do have that kind of red flag up there because of the fact that it it's a licensed industry only. I'd be way more down for... I appreciate that you put it that way because it certainly sounds better than me saying I'm not trying to defend white men because that's not... My point is not why is it... Why are white men not the focus, right? Mm-hmm. My point is why are they the only ones being excluded, right? Yeah. Because it's... Because you're right. the we're intersectional mindset. Yeah, we're talking about licenses and people being able to start businesses. I don't understand... Why, why should we not have the same opportunity because we're white males to, to mm-hmm. start a business like this? If we're the same as everyone else, we're just fucking white. Like, what's the difference? You know? It's because so, regardless of whether you're trying to help a particular community out or not through, say, block grants or something like that, you are inadvertently discriminizing yeah. against people that are not part of those selected categories. Yeah. And so there is discrimination involved there. But big caveat to that, discrimination is not always a bad thing. Right. You know, in this particular context, it sounds just from reading the article, which again, who knows how well this is written because it was local paper, right? It was Kitsap Sun. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure after reading enough Kitsap Sun articles, you question the editorial um, control. Sometimes they might I'm have. like, why am I not working on the Kitsap Exactly. Sun? <laughs> it's like, guys, did you read? Are you sure you read this? Because, like, I can't even read it. It's yeah. that bad. But like, I don't even know what this word is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I give it to, I'll let the Kitsap Sun have it because it cannot be easy They're still to be around, involved right? in the Kitsap Sun. Yeah. I just, it, it's got to be hard to be a local quote-unquote newspaper these days. It's got to be really hard. But that aside, I felt like the writing was lazy. It w- it created a lot of gray areas. Yeah. It made me get a lot of questions going on. And whether that's due to the fact that nobody really knows or it was just kind of a, a not-so-awesome reporting, I don't yeah. know. But I kind of, just knowing Kitsap County in, in general, like I, I doesn't lean in the state in general. Well, they also I lean about- more to the intersectional context versus 
not, you know. And um, they also talked about like revitalizing the medicinal side of the cannabis mm-hmm. industry because that took a big hit when recreational came in. That oh, yeah. like, um, and so there used to be a thing that was called farmers markets and people who grew cannabis privately that had their green cards mm-hmm. could make products or grow things and bring them to these markets and sell them. So you didn't have to be a licensed dealer in a store to do it. You just had to make stuff and it had to be safe, you know, and then you could take it there. Yeah, so follow you the could, regs and just like a farmer's market. So there's a lot of people like I, I don't have my green card, right? But I've before it became recreationally legal, I intended on getting my green card for my knees. Like that's a lot of re- – I also like to get high, but a lot of the reason I use cannabis is for like – get wicked headaches. You know what I'm saying? So, my back hurts. So I certainly intended on getting my green card. At this point, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? Um there are pe- because people have different tolerances. Like with edibles, I have to eat a whole bunch of edibles for me to like feel that, you know? So 10 milligrams is a standard serving, right? That's at the recreational store. Yeah. What would be – how many milligrams would you ingest to try to get like oh, good, solid, like over I'm good? Over 100, easily. What, fucking like Joey Diaz level? Like over easily, yeah. That doesn't surprise it's, me, actually. I don't know. When Jordan and I got married, we split. I had 60 milligrams like right after I got married and then didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, it's just not Ooh. a thing, you know? When I like, I don't. The, like I'd, I used to take like Rick Simpson like every day, you yeah. know, and that's like I don't know how much that breaks down to in accordance to a metric whatever. fuck ton probably. But you know what I'm saying. So it it took. I was just thinking about taking took some. a half a gram of Rick Simpson for me to like feel really high, like really wow. really high, and then it was the three quarters of a gram that I was like I'm fucked up, like I'm really fucked up. It was half a gram that I was like yeah no I'm really high like for sure, but I was still. I'll take Operating like I, yeah, I was still fine. I right, I was still willing to take another one, so I was still like just fine. So there was Isaiah was telling us about when he had his green card and he would go to the market that he could you could get a brownie there, a dude that was putting a whole gram of wax in a brownie, you know. So if you're like an insane strong user, you can get one of those and split it into quarters, and like that will do. What you needed to do, you know, Mm -hmm. but whereas the 10 milligram stuff that you buy at the store, you're going to spend $40 on fucking a bunch of chocolates that you're going to eat all of them for it to, you know, to do the job, you know? So, yeah, because I did eat a edible couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I don't remember what it was. Just a a single 10 milligram cookie or something like that. And I just, I, I don't like the taste. I, it's just something to me is just really off-putting. I don't dig it. Yeah. Um, and so I usually just rifle those down as quick as fucking possible and then wash it down with something clear my mouth out because I just don't like the taste. Yeah. But it used to be I could eat a 10 milligram and then an hour later, I'm good to hook. I'm sitting on that couch and I ain't going fucking nowhere yeah. except for bed, right? But now, yeah, that last time I took one and then like two hours later, I was like, this thing ever going to fucking kick in? Right. Like I'm a little chilled. I'm I'm chilling. But other than that, I I was like, damn, I'm not going to eat another one. Yeah. I'm just going to go grab a joint <laughs> real quick because this – I don't have the patience for that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a totally different feeling because of that that fact that it breaks down differently and the yeah. chemical passes through your liver. Right. Right. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's that chemical compound? 11-hydroxymetabolite. Boom. There we go. And that can be much more psychoactive. Yeah. But it just – it provides you – to me – 
It's a different type of yeah, relief. It's, totally it's a different, different type of high. It's different, you know, depending on what you're using cannabis for, especially if you're a medicinal user. Mm-hmm. You're using it for more reasons than to just get high. So, yeah. there, you know, it just does different things. Yeah, know? and to me, like, if I, if I, like, the type of high that comes with an edible, for me, anyways, personally, it's kind of more of a... I want to just do nothing but sit here and chill on video games yeah. or watch TV show. And like, that's the particular type of thing. And then every show or movie or whatever I'm doing is just extra awesome, but I can't be physical. Yeah. For, for me anyways. <laughs> and so like, but if I don't get that same type of feeling, if I just smoke a joint right. or something like that, if I put a bunch of Keef in there, that's another story. Cause that just, that gets fun on a whole nother level real quick. Yeah. But so that was part of the thing they talked about bringing back was the markets, um, mm-hmm. which I think would be a really great thing for them to do to hell yeah, just for medical patients. And they were also talking about opening up for people to do deliveries, um, yep. especially for medicinal stuff, which I've seen. There's a couple of rec stores that are testing out delivery, which I think mm-hmm. is that is going to make stupid money mm-hmm. because speaking of someone who used to buy weed on the streets, that was always the biggest deal. You're like, fuck. I have to go and get it. I got to go to his house or I got to go and meet up with him somewhere in a parking lot or at a fucking park somewhere. Or, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to go and meet him somewhere to go and buy this pot. It was like my store is two minutes away from the road. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I really feel like going today. You know what I'm saying? I might just smoke the last of this stuff and just go pick some more up tomorrow. Like if you had a good weed dealer that like that's all he did was deal weed. Like he probably would come to your house, you mm-hmm. know? And it's a good business <clears throat> model. I'll say that I much. I used to... Um, sell pot. We were like friends with the dude that we bought weed from, and uh, do rest in peace. That guy's dead now. Um, but he would like go and pick up, and then would come to our house, and he had his green card, so he could have a pound and a half at a time. Like that's how much cannabis you could have on you at one mm-hmm. time. So he'd go and he would pick up a pound and a half, and then would come Damn. to our house and would separate it into you know different jars and like whatever he was going to do with that, and then we would pick up from him, and so. You know, like when you're cool with that guy, like get that like, first round pick. Yeah, yeah. Look at he'll, that. He'll use you as like a like a home base sometimes. You know, uh-huh. oh yeah, I'll, I'll stop by. I gotta fucking do this and this and blah blah blah. And sometimes you come over. He'd always ask for juice, right? This guy's always asking for juice. Like, do you do you have any juice? What kind of juice you got? He'd be like, can I, like, can I get you that you want like something to drink? You want? He'd be like, do you have any juice? Like, what do you mean? Like, Hawaiian punch? Like, no, I don't. Dude. No, I don't have any juice, man. It's it, but. Eventually, we just started buying juice to keep at the house when he came over. So, quick side note. Yes. Juice. Pog juice. You ever had pog juice? Yeah. Pog juice is so good. It is. And I want some right now. But the only problem is, you know, the closest store I know that stocks it is the Red Apple in Paulsbo. Safeway in Paulsbo has it, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, too many people. The Safeway in Paulsbo? Yeah, I don't even go there. It's <laughs> <laughs> the reason I live in the North End. You're old So. Man. I wanted since we're just on the general talk of cannabis, yeah. real quick. Um, do you ever listen to the Meat Eater podcast at all? Yeah, when I get okay. extra time, I will listen to Meat Eater. Po- I like it. And on well, he did an episode with a guy named John Norris, mm-hmm. which then actually I think it was last week or maybe even earlier this week he came on Joe Rogan. With Joe too. Rogan, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, and he's the game warden that got involved and he created essentially like these tactical units and stuff for all these illegal cartel grow ops out in public lands really and this like is what in i the woods and yeah because this is what i was i was thinking about talking to you about earlier when i totally forgot um but he was talking about all these you know, when you were talking about cannabis laced with shit right yeah and one of the things they found in all these cartel grow ops is that they use this really 
highly toxic like pesticide. Yeah. But it's like it's not necessarily pesticide. It's just it kills fucking everything. And so they put that stuff on the plants. Doesn't hurt the plants, but anything that gets close to it is like super fucked up. Yeah. And so part of these guys' thing when they go in and they they bust up these cartel operations and stuff, like they have to dispose of all this stuff because it's it's tainted and this stuff is going out into the market and the majority of it is like going to places back east where recreational marijuana is not legal legal yeah you know and i i hate myself because i just said marijuana because i we need to get away from that fucking term because it doesn't actually exist but the that excuse me the 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 simple aspect of having certified growers you know, and everybody that's in this industry, for the most part, it, they're all like super granola crunchy people. Yeah. Who like don't believe in pesticides and shit like that. There's a few places that do, but for the most part, we use limited pesticides. This particular cannabis I have in, in front of me is pesticide free. Mm-hmm. They were voted. It is Cedar Creek cannabis is was voted the best grower 2016 and 2017, the best of Clark County, um, which is the county in Washington, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but yeah, so this particular cannabis is pesticide free, which. Most of them, it's not like most of them have like 10 different things sprayed on them. If there is pesticides used, it's like one or two. Like it's a pretty limited, yeah. you know, and most of them are fairly natural pesticides. So this of, is some super cheap ass wheat right here. This yeah. is super cheap shake. It's just shake, right? And it has a... It shake lists, is loose. It's yeah, loose cannabis, loose, not like bud. Ready just to for go. people who don't know. It's like all the... You squares. Think of like hot dogs. Like, this is the hot dog of the cannabis world. Right? <laughs> it's all the shit that, like, we can't sell this. We buy just mix it all Meyer up. Oscar Mayer hot dogs. So yes. I know it's legit. You know? Yeah, there you go. That's how I buy an Oscar Mayer. Yeah. But, like, this place, they say pesticides used. It's rosemary oil and citric acid. So, there you go. It's an all-natural type of thing. And so, yeah. we don't have a problem off, with this. You know? But the longer it stays illegal the bigger the market is for these cartels to come in and have these grow ops where they siphon off you know water and shit and then they get so much money from this yeah it's it's stupid how much money we make from this the taxes are and it's not again speaking as someone it's funny this is the topic we started with but yeah right again speaking as someone who bought weed before it was legal there is not it doesn't have to be a huge price difference in what you paid before and what you pay now. In some cases, I'm buying stuff for cheaper in the store than I bought it for on the street, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, pretty weird, you know. And you can follow. The, I mean, you know the exact source of this thing. You know the company that makes it. They have a website. You can check all their shit out. They'll come to the store. They come in and have yeah. like vendor days and stuff. One of the dude, the dude I used to buy like mass pot from, is in our league, um, and. He has a regular job now because he can't support himself selling bot anymore. Like it's it's not a lucrative job anymore to be doing that, you know? Yep. Like this guy now has a regular job. So um, <laughs> if it doesn't speak truth to power that does he this sell is the way to Does he sell insurance? No. Okay. Very well. No, he does not. That's good because he I was going to say you went from a an honest business to an unhonest business. Ironically enough, he works for the government. <laughs> Amen. So there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, I love how that that was a natural naturally occurring topic of the day. Yeah. So we're going to hit on everything from cannabis to foreign policy. <laughs> everything. 
What do you want to hit next? Anything in particular? Um, well, we can start with some generals about um, some different topics about the different candidates if you want. Do you want to Word. go over the list of – because the list has been for Democratic candidates has been whittled down to 10 for people that have – they had to receive 2% in four different national polls and then – like 400 donations in like X yeah. amount of states, like individual donors. Um, and so, so there's a bunch of people that dropped out. Jay Ainsley dropped out. Have you ever, let me ask you this before Ooh. we start this. Have you ever heard of a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left? No. So it's like a horror murder type of podcast that like it's three dudes that sit around and very deeply research these different crimes and like big cases, little cases, and then talk about them. Right. And, so I started listening to that. It was recommended to me by young Dan, the new Dan who works with me. Um, he recommended it to me because we'll share podcasts back and forth. And so I was listening to it. And then one of those dudes hosts a podcast that's called Abraham Lincoln's Top Hat. Right. Okay. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Um, and it's a political podcast. And in the ad, he's like, I'm, you know, fact driven, like blah, blah, blah. And when I heard that, I was like, fuck. Like, I was like, this is the first person I've heard that, like, sounds like they might be a competing idea with what we're doing. So I went on there and I started to listen to it. Um, and it's not, not even. goods not as advertised, right? <laughs> like, that this, this dude himself is like fairly objective, but it, you can tell that there's like an obvious ideological tilt to it and certainly in the other people on the show the other dude that was on there and then in this guy in particular um and he said something this was an episode right after jansley dropped out of the race and he was like you know jansley's gone and you know he's gonna go and run for senate again in washington or he's gonna go be governor again in washington and you know maybe if, if we're lucky then he'll get the spot as the epa chief in whatever democrat wins office if they win office right so i was like Hold the fucking phone, right? Pause so I, when button. I found this dude on Twitter and I was like, Hey, so I'm listening to your latest episode of Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. You're talking about Jay Ainsley. I live in Washington. Do you know what else Jay Ainsley is really good at? Lying about raising taxes. Also using taxpayer money for his campaign in the realm, like in the ways of security with no plans to reimburse taxpayers for what he's using. Now he's going to come back and run again. P.S. Hydropower is not a green energy in Washington state. Nothing. Which is, <laughs> I'm not, I don't mind like a big, you know, there's nothing to say that he even saw it. Sprinkle. But those are just tiny, tiny things that are like easy articles to find. The one about that I'm talking about is security was an article either from the Kitsap Zone or the Seattle Times about how much money he was spending in security in the times that he is in Washington State because now he's running for president, right? Not in usual security, right? So he used to just have like four officers with him, like I think maybe one lieutenant or something. And now he's got like eight officers and two lieutenants. And I'm not – those are may not be the numbers, but it's like – Almost doubled in the amount of people he has with him. And now they're all staying places and he's paying them overtime and like all this shit, all this taxpayer money that just being spent because they're Washington state troopers being spent. No plans to reimburse the taxpayers at all. He hasn't said shit about it. Where John Hickenlooper in Colorado is like, oh, I'm going to give everyone the money back that I use for security. Like everything I used for taxpayer money for campaign, I'm paying it all back. Like, don't get me wrong. Even if I win, dropped out, paying it all back. 
nothing from Jay Inslee. Not a fucking word about all the money, about doubling his security expenses at, at the cost of the taxpayer. Not a single word about any intent on paying it back. I'd say surprise, what surprise, the fuck? but... Like, <laughs> And this dude who lives in New York is like, Jay Inslee's so fucking rad. Like, I'm really glad he was there and was getting the word out about fucking climate change. And like, you know, he's so sick. I'm like, dude, this guy's a shill. Like, Jay Inslee's a shill. You know? (laughs) And and you're just like, he's great. And I really wish that he is going to be the EPA chief. You know? I'm like, Uh, fuck. Well, yeah, we better start taking all those dams down. So I felt like a little bit safe. You Have know, you ever been to I'm the like, Grand well, Coulee Dam, by the way? Yeah, several yeah. times. Grand Coulee Dam is rad, it's bro. It's so do- I drove through there. It's incredible. It's fucking wild. They do like fireworks and light shows and stuff on the Grand Coulee Dam. We were there one year where fireworks fell over the Grand Coulee Dam, exploded off of the water coming off. Oh, it was oh, so sick. Oh, that's cool. It was super sick. So we used to go and do that all the time. We used to go camping in Eastern Washington all the time. We used to go all over the place. So yeah, oh, yeah. they'll do light shows and stuff on the water of the Grand Coulee Dam. Super I can see why cool. now. Super cool. Yeah. I'd never been there before. It's enormous too. I yeah. was, I've been so close so many times because it's right next to Chelan. Yeah. And I've been to Chelan so many fucking times I can't even count. And I'm like, how have I never fucking been here? It's awesome. So, yeah, I got to take Carolina there because she would love that place. It's a total, like, I don't know, just to see things like that. Like, buildings don't always, like, amaze me, you know? But to see stuff like that, I'm it's like... It's so functional. Yeah. That's the I'm thing. Like, this is fucking cool, right? dude. Like, it's such like, a this basic thing. This shit is thing, working right cool. now. And you can, like, take tours inside of it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah they got a cool museum and stuff there. It's I saw, really like, cool. You could see... Probably half the museum because it's all like big ass windows and shit as yeah, you drive yeah. by it. I'm like, oh, dude, there's some cool shit there. It's awesome. Grand Coulee Dam is super rad. It's yeah. totally worth going and seeing a laser show there and camping somewhere nearby. Like it's, it's totally worth yeah. it. Yeah. And it's not a green energy. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's, I, you know, it wasn't a terrible oh. podcast. I only listened to one episode. I'm not totally shitting on it, but there was definitely. Dude obviously doesn't like Donald Trump. You know, obviously a Democrat. Like, these things were just very evident throughout mm-hmm. listening to one episode, you know? Yeah. Whereas I talked a little bit in my blog post where the day that I did meet Jordan and Caleb, mm-hmm. right? And when I was up there, I was I was up on the porch and I was talking to John and Caleb. And Jordan was down by, like, our driveway and she was talking to... Jordan? Yes, to Jordan and Olivia. I was trying to remember my name. Okay. Um, and John asked me, he was like, hey, so where do you sit at on the political spectrum? Because I was talking to Olivia about it, and we were just trying to decide, like, where you were sitting at. And I was like, I kinda I'm like pretty fairly, out, right? I was like, I'm pretty fairly in the middle. Like, I don't know yeah. that, like... Like, I would, you know, I, I don't think I subscribe to one particular thing. And he said, and that's what nope. we had to, that's what we had to end on is because we couldn't pick one side we thought you were on, you know? The labels and, of old do not do justice no, to the, and the nuances of today. I've said before that if I were to run for office, I would probably have to run as a Republican. Um, but after I was listening to Derek Kilmer, I was like, I could probably pull off running as a Democrat and just be super fucking moderate, you know? They like it it would be you know, people yeah. would question, you know, like me running as a Democrat, but I could probably pull it off. Um so you'd have probably a better shot than most of the <laughs> and so so I I told them that I agreed. I was like I like I'd I am pretty square in the middle, you mm-hmm. know. Um and I think that that like is really good, you know, that we 
we've talked about it privately that when we first met, you know, I I leaned very much left and you leaned very much right, you know, and mm-hmm. we like not not a month ago you said to me you said, "You know, I think that I might lean a little bit more left now than I do right." And I said, "That's funny because I think that I might lean lean a little bit more right than I do mm-hmm. left now, you know. We have come so far that we've tilted each other the exact opposite. Yeah, right. And we're, it's not like, you know, we're like at 45 the other way, but we're like uh-huh. tilted just on the other side of the middle that we were when we began this, you know? But the nice thing is, is we are realistically, I mean, we're dead center in that the middle of that, that yeah. silent majority. <laughs> right. That think fucking whatever God you pray to, yeah. that that silent majority is slowly becoming more vocal. Because I don't know about you, and I think this might be a good segue. So, because we're going to talk about the 2020 candidates, right? Yes. But I have never been so, I haven't been more disillusioned than when I came back from being just gone for the weekend for, for like three, four days. No politics, no news, no nothing. Just me and the fucking outdoors, right? And just nothing, no room to think about anything else other than survival and, you know, trying to fucking find and kill an animal. How much right? you love your brother? Uh, yeah. When was the last time you spent that much, bro- that much time uninterrupted one on one with your brother? Probably since we used to live at home together since when we were kids. kids? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't want to. There was some tension. I was going to say there was some tension at some point because you guys get along, but you also think very differently. Oh yeah, so yeah, and that's um, you know, and the thing about because what we were doing is we were hunting together, right? That's the thing that we do, and we did it very well. We played off of each other very well. He's got some knowledge in a lot of areas that I don't, and I have some knowledge in a lot of areas that he doesn't, and we make a great team going in. But man, after you know two or three days of not sleeping. Just being totally exhausted from fucking climbing mountains all day, driving hours and hours and hours. You know, I was at fucking wit's end, especially because I was I was trying to quit nicotine that weekend, which Uh, was stupid and it was not happening. But I was in desperate. It was like it was a constant feeling of like desperate cravings, and then I'd get some, and then everything would chill the fuck out for a while. (laughs) But then I was on. Razor's edge most of the time. Like, I would have been chewing fuck with all me. weekend, bro. I and I'm not gonna throw him under the bus, but uh, he was taking care of himself in the realm of nicotine, and I, I was just nipping, you know. And I, sh- I should have, but but either way, um, oh, I don't even remember the point I was gonna make. You well, you were it's spending so much segue. time by yourself. Thinking yes. Shit. Oh, and then coming back. Yes. And yes, just to the shit show of And then I just jump into my usual daily consumption of now, thanks to you, it's The Economist. It's good, podcast. right? It's, That's a good. It's really fucking good. It's a good podcast. It's scary how good The Economist is on their yeah. politics reporting. Um, and of course, The Daily, which. I'm even falling off The Daily now. It's because The Daily's getting rough, man. And the ads. The ads really kill me. The three ads or the two and a half minute long ads in the yeah. middle of the episode. When the episode length really hasn't changed that much. Yes. <laughs> so, like, the content is just getting shorter and they're making, yeah. just filling it with ads. But, you know, NPR, um, The Daily, of course, and then that NBC, NBC ABC? ABC. Uh, start ABC here. Start Here. That was really good, too. And then just... Even trying to listen to the Shapiro and stuff coming back, and like you all motherfuckers, you it's know, because you, you did your blog post about civility, yeah. essentially, and divisiveness in, in politics. Yeah, yeah, and it is 
you disappear for a little while and you you kind of forget because we're in it 24-7. Yeah. Right? And it just becomes a normal part of life and usually we just shake it off as whatever it is what it is. I think it's funny when people tell me they don't like to listen to it because it just frustrates them. You know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm so far past even the realm of anger yeah. that it's just... I just laugh. I hear someone say some shit that pissed me off. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, yeah. that's stupid. Because you can just instantly but, tell when you know that they don't know what the fuck bullshit. you're talking about. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Did you listen to, not just say yes or no and then you can go back. Did you listen to the interview of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Pod Save America? No. Oh, you got to do it. I can't Oh, wait. you have to do it. Oh, it's so bad. See, it's that was so fucking bad. And that was the thing. Like, I wanted to get oh, into so, so many more. <laughs> yeah. But this week... My number one podcast was uh, Joe Rogan and Meat Eater, just because I got to wade back into this pool real slow because the water is not fine. It is frigid fucking cold, and you you you'll do okay up to about your mid thigh, but once that shit get it gets close to the balls. You you either got to commit, jump right yeah. in the pool, or you just keep, you got to wait for a minute. I listened to two different murder podcasts this week for a similar. There reason. you go. I'm like I just there were six or seven episodes about an hour piece. I'm like I need a break. You know, like two. And days is it just week. me, or is it getting exponentially worse almost yeah. every single fucking day? It's almost like in most realms, there's not even an attempt to try and like even veil the uh, you know like the. The partisanship, yeah, not even like an attempt anymore. Not even, it's just like listen, it's this almost is defending. Just where we're at. Yeah, yeah, this is defending us, calling what we do journalism as yeah. us reporting partisan politics the way we want. It's weird, and it's really upsetting. Yeah, but anyways, twenty twenty candidates. I just I feel like we need to knock this stuff out because yes. otherwise I'm going to keep talking. Um, so yeah, we did Sorry, have some dropouts, right? We already mentioned Jay Inslee is out of the race. Thank John Hickenlooper's former governor of Colorado is out of the race. Um, we, I think we already talked about Eric Swalwell getting out yeah. about a month or so ago, and then Gillibrand. The latest and greatest, yeah, Kirsten Gillibrand. Thank God and yeah, thank God, Kirsten Gillibrand is out of the race because she. Out of all the polls last time taken, apparently, which we got to talk about polling later because that's a thing. But apparently in this last set of polls, she didn't get a single respondent that said that they supported Kirsten Gillibrand. Oh. So she's like zero support level at this point. Jesus. And But the of the candidates that did make the single stage debate this time, we're not splitting yeah. it in two. We have 10 candidates. Um, but they're probably, be, I would think they would do two nights though. Two nights with the same crew. Uh, five and five? Uh, no, or two I nights think the that, same? Yeah, I think they'll have all 10 two nights. I hope so. It's ABC this time around. I, oh, good. The ABC every, was so much better the first time. got two nights, I think ABC is going to squeeze two nights out and probably just ask different people more questions each night. You know? I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah, so who's going to be on the stage for these next debates? we got former Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Cory Booker, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Julian Castro, Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Uh, I'm just going to call him Robert Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, yes. who does not – he is not be, currently employed. used to be a representative. A state representative of Texas. Oh, he wasn't even a federal representative. No, man. Oh. No, he's never been – he's never stepped oh, foot in the state – or in the Fed House. Oh, Beto. Um, and then Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and our – my number one so far. Dude, right? My boy Andrew Yang. 
making moves, getting into the next debates. He met the threshold. Unfortunately, Representative Tulsi Gabbard, Tom Sawyer, and beloved Marion Williamson, um, although they met the donor threshold, they did not meet the poll threshold. And Tulsi Gabbard has been deployed on active fucking duty for two weeks, by the way, which heavily oh, really? hampered. Yeah, which oh, hampered. Shit. And this is the one month where Congress is not in session yeah. and everybody hits the campaign trail but she hard. She can be deployed. Yeah. And she cannot do that. And she that cannot sucks. campaign. Legally, she cannot campaign while on active duty service. Right. Cannot do that. So. The one thing, so that makes a little more sense because the one thing I was going to hit her on is when she did talk about this, she said the polling wasn't fair, you know, yeah. which I don't know how and, it's not fair when it, everyone, they ask the same group of people and if no one says your name, then you're not going to win. But yeah. I can see how if you're unable to to campaign because you're tough. deployed on active duty, then you're going to, but, yeah. but and the I polls don't, themselves are not unfair. No, and know? I don't. Because she's been making a lot of noise about this, yeah. and I'm not on board with this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Representative Gabbard. I I really like you from everything I've heard on all your different podcast appearances that you've made. She's doing everything right. Yeah, she's making a lot of the right noises. I don't agree with her on a lot of stuff, but I think she's a better candidate than most of the other ten candidates up there. Yeah. Um. But what's the name of the woman in the South who thinks that she's supposed to be mayor or governor? Oh Jesus Christ! You know who I'm talking about? Um. Uh. uh, uh Stacey Abrams. Yeah, and that. But that's what it reminds me of. You it know? does. It. It seems petty. Yeah. And because the important thing to remember here is just because they're not on the debate stage next week doesn't mean they're out of the race. Yeah. She, she can, can still be running. out there campaigning hard every day. Yeah. From now on to until the next next one. one. Yeah, yeah. And she totally could. Um, so definitely all those people, you know, Marianne Williamson, she should definitely not give up because I want her to be around till the primary time Dude, she's because awesome. she's just icing on the cake, man. She's the only thing that makes this stuff palatable. She's that interesting to Yang. listen to. I she has got I told you the last time she has got to be a fucking great writer. Because she's a cult leader, man. Some of the stuff that she has said, I'm like, that's beautifully written. Like that's right? and even if it's not written, if she's spitting that off the top of her head, that's awesome. I can't imagine what her writing is like. If she's taking time, dude, that's gold. Yeah. That's like, regardless of whether or not you believe what she's saying, it's beautiful. She's saying beautiful words, you know. Yeah, she, They're she, strung she knows together how to really together. well. I am, <laughs> exactly. I'm impressed. I'm telling you, just at the lit- the rhetorical skill, I think, is great in Marianne Williamson. Definitely. She, should, she knows how to speak to people to get them activated. become a Republican and start debating people. Oh, Jesus she Christ. She would be in like a... She would be a fucking star. She so would be good. a star. Um, so the bigger, broader <laughs> topic to this, I mean, there's a lot of – every one of these people has kind of, for the most part, has their own little stories attached to them. Joe yes. Biden has been out there like the gaff factory that it is, just throwing out – just giving people one-liners to, to hit so them on big time. Um, do you want to take it by topic then? Well, I mean, you people. actually have specific topics. I have more of like a general afterwards yeah. kind of polling and then just generally, I feel like on the other side of the aisle, um, the Republican Party, because there has been a primary challenger that has yes. appeared and we I kind of want to talk about the, the fate of the Republican Party and stuff a little later. Well, so let's talk about guns real quick in regards to the Democratic Party, okay. right? Because several of these people, they've all been asked about guns, especially in if you've listened to the NPR podcast, like the On the Trail, whatever is with the different candidates. Have you listened to those? 
Yeah, most of them, I think. Yeah. I think um, I've hit all so, of them. Because they did a couple this week. They did one with Beto, and they did one with Andrew oh, Yang. I did not. Do, I haven't heard those. Yeah, yeah. Those ones are good. So they got asked about guns, and um, I was troubled. Andrew Yang said that he did think that guns were the problem when he got asked about yeah. that. And so Joe I'd, Walsh. Uh, yeah, Sorry. yeah. But we talked about that kind of last time we were together and recorded, that mm-hmm. um, at this point, I don't think that – Either one of the sides of, of that argument of the guns or the people, neither of those sides are correct in this argument, right? Yeah. Um, so they've all come out with kind of different plans of different, you know, varying degrees of, of extremity. Um, and I feel like I want to grab my rifle right now and just hold on to it while we talk about um, guns. <laughs> so like Elizabeth Warren, her gun plan talks about raising taxes on gun manufacturers from 11 to percent to 50 percent um which i don't know how many of the people listening to this have ever purchased a gun but i we've talked about it before i just purchased this pistol not too long ago you just bought a rifle a couple weeks ago it's not cheap right no. to buy a gun is not cheap it's not something you just do right you're i mean generally and there i'm sure there are lots of people who can't there are definitely lots of people who can't just go and buy a gun if that's what they mm-hmm. want to do most people are not just going and buying a gun because they don't have an extra six or seven hundred dollars laying around for a pistol or fifteen hundred dollars laying around for like a nice rifle or you know, whatever the fuck. Oh yeah. And so um I, I mean that's not I'm not quoting the quite the price of Colin's rifle. That's just I will uh, tell you exactly how much that thing costs with the basic accessories that I would require to hunt on an you know, to my ethical standards. Yeah. And we'll we'll just say that the rifle is generally the cheapest piece of equipment you buy. Yeah. And it is not cheap itself. Yeah. You know, that single rifle over there was damn near $1,000. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, mind you, I chose to buy a more top-end rifle. rifle right. You know, that's very, very well- very, very high quality manufacturing, right? And all this great long history of this company and all this stuff. It's got Same a, deal you with could, my pistol. Yeah, you could yeah. you could see how it's kind of like it's got you know bored out on the sides to help yeah, cooling yeah. and all this stuff. But compared to that, like the optics um, that I have on there are actually they're about half the price of the rifle. Yeah, um, the scope and is it is about. yeah the rifle scope. But that is like a bottom of the barrel. Good quality brand, lifetime warranty, which is sweet. Yeah. But um, ideally, if I was going to buy my my dream scope for that rifle, it would cost me twice as much as the rifle costs. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say it's not hard to spend. No. It's, I was looking at just uh, not to like spin off into like gun talk, but I was just looking at just lights, you know. For, yeah. Like, and this, I mean, a light is like $150, $100 for yep. like, a, like a decent, you know, light yeah. that just, just goes on the end of my pistol. Like mm-hmm. that's... A buddy of mine you just know, bought one that has a cheap. sensor in the the pistol grip. It's got a little pad, a pressure sensor, so that as soon as you grab it and you put pressure on the actual stock itself, the light turns on, which is dope as fuck. But yeah. it's also like five hundred fucking dollars, right? Yeah, you know the same price almost of the handgun. Right, they're not cheap at all. No. Um, so <clears throat> that's I thought that that struck me as a gun owner, and I mean, as you know, like I so I I own a ten millimeter pistol, so I mean, mm-hmm. ammunition even just for the range is like is upwards of twenty dollars. It's like twenty five, twenty eight dollars. You know, must be nice. Like that's that's for a, a box of fifty that you know can go in twenty minutes. Like yeah, that's not very good. You know, yeah, like it's, I can't shoot that much of mine. Right, you know what I'm saying. So it's. <clears throat> 
that's unfortunate and I can't imagine paying another 40% you know higher than what I'm paying right now insane just because of to deter people from using it in a mass shooting when I I own my firearm for self protection that seems ludicrous to me you know what I'm saying um and we have people talking about let's see Joe Biden wants to bring back the assault weapons ban. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was can, his era as a senator. Yeah, yeah. You can keep what weapons, what assault, he said assault rifles you have, um, but no new sales. And then it would tackle high capacity magazines because the assault weapons ban, right? It's back in the 90s, if in I remember. In 1994, right. which was the year I was born, right? I believe um, Clinton administration. Yes, absolutely was, which I just watched a the really year great year you were born. God damn it, Donovan. Yeah. I just watched <laughs> this. Is fucking, that's nasty, bro. That is. 20 of those things, $40. Really? Yeah. And so when you're doing a rifle sight-in, like a yeah. scope sight-in, like I have to do because I ate shit on the side of a cliff the other day. Um, I got to go re-sight-in my, my rifle. That is... Look at that fucking powder load, though. Yeah. That. That's nasty. Yeah. That's 10 mils, man. They, they pack a punch. Bear certified, bro. Yeah. Bear certified. That's why I brought a 40 cal when I went up hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... uh yeah, the assault rifle ban back Clinton administration, yes. Joe Biden era. So the assault the the assault weapons ban did I mean did obviously outlaw the sale of of what was classified as assault weapons, but dealt largely with the different components that go onto those weapons, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things was high capacity magazines, and that's something that several people have talked about. And I thought that because the last time I was here, I'm pretty sure I talked about that, and I was like, it's something people should be, you know, like on for whatever. Then I did a little more research into high capacity magazines, right? Because I started looking more into the federal assault weapons ban. So my question with 15, right? Yep. So my question one of the things that i was going to ask daryl kilmer i asked the russia question instead was about high capacity magazines right in the federal assault weapons ban a high capacity magazine was anything it goes over several different things that's like you know a belt a box uh you know Mm -hmm. whatever a magazine that holds 10 or more rounds yeah right this magazine that came with my pistol i did not purchase it after market three of them came with my pistol hold 15 rounds mm-hmm. and i'm not like 15 is so many this is what came with my pistol that's that's part of the reason i purchased this gun right yep. is that it holds 15 rounds i'm not talking about an aftermarket fucking drum magazine that goes into my pistol for me to carry it around or do whatever i'm going to do with it i'm talking about the magazine that comes standard with this that it's designed for that has been deemed by one of the best pistol manufacturers in the world right <laughs> Yeah, I um, mean, yeah, definitely. In the definitely. list of all, I'm not saying the best, yeah, one of the best, right? That's a, not, that's a like a gun owners like debate, but right, definitely but top five manufacturers, right. I think, so, in the world. Right. So I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not open up a debate of this. This is the yeah. only pistol I've ever owned personally. So Glock I would, is I would, a very controversial yeah. brand in the gun ownership field, just because. They're so different than anything, everything else. Yeah. But they're so fucking user-friendly. They have a, a good capacity magazine that comes stock. I mean, it is one they're of the best. manufactured excellent. You yes. Know, they are machined Top quality. The customer service, as far as if anything goes wrong with your pistol, is is Some of the best in the world rated. Yep. So, so that's what I'm saying. A lot better the, than the Comcast. The tagline for Glock is perfection. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, I mean, it's yeah. an excellent made pistol, right? So... <clears throat> 
it's it has been deemed by the person who designed this that 15 is the appropriate amount of ammunition to hold in this magazine mm-hmm. that comes standard, right? If I get charged by a grizzly, you better believe I'm going to want all 15 of those rounds. So it concerns me that and and to be clear, um this is one of the reasons I didn't ask Derek Kilmer this question was mm-hmm. because it was just a wordier question. And if I fucked up the one, I definitely would have messed up this one. So I understand in the assault weapons bin, it was it was implemented at a time where gun manufacturers had what is described here as ample time to overproduce magazines that they could sell them throughout the ten years of the of the assault weapons bin. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be up to the manufacturer to make enough to get through that ten years. Because yeah. what if you've gone through halfway through the 10 years, right? And you run out. So you now have to do at least some... I mean, if you're going to put 10 rounds in this magazine, it's probably going to be a single stack instead of a double stack. Yep. That's going to be a completely different looking pistol. Oh, yeah. Completely different. You're going to have to redesign this pistol just to sell thing. it. Just to sell it in accordance with this law, right? Because yep. you weren't able to manufacture enough magazines to sell through this 10 years. I don't want it to be up to a gun manufacturer in another country... To make enough magazines to sell in America. Where's Glock right? out of? This this gun was made in Austria. Austria. Right? It says Austria on the side. And I don't when you when you this is just I assume where it's made, right? But when you go to the website, you gotta pick what country you're in. Mm-hmm. So I don't want it to be up to a gun manufacturer, possibly. You know, I'm sure they have factories in America, you know. I don't, but I don't maybe they don't. I d I don't know. Um <clears throat> I don't want it to be up to the manufacturer, even if they are in America, to to make enough, overproduce enough magazines to have to make it through this 10-year period or else have to redesign a pistol so that they can sell it within accordance, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want that to be the case. So I would like for there to be some type of differentiation designation in this so that people who are making pistols don't have to completely change the design of their pistol to sell it within the frame of this law, you and know? When, when you you're think buying about it, it largely manufacturer line, like an actual manufacturing line that is presumably highly automated. You're talking a right. a change required of the business owner, the company, of probably millions and millions of dollars to either f- completely fabricate and engineer from the ground up right. brand new manufacturing equipment because that's why it's so expensive to get a manufacturing operation up and running. Right. Because you cannot... You cannot reliably handcraft any firearm at a scale realistically. I mean, like at any scale other than just like a one at a time, right. you know, mom and pop shop thing. You just, you can't do that without some serious capital investment. You right. really cannot. And I'm talking specifically about pistols, right? Because in most cases, and again, I'm going to say in most cases, in the world of ARs, when you're talking about lower capacity magazines, it really just means a shorter magazine, right? Yeah. It's not a complete redesign of the gun. It's a shorter magazine. Yep. In the case of this particular pistol and many other pistols like it, to take five rounds out of it is could stand to – I mean, it's. I say that because the magazine that slides in here, if you don't know mm-hmm. about guns, right? The magazine that slides in here stops at the end of the gun. To make it any shorter is not an option. I mean, I guess you could have like just a lighter spring in there or a heavier spring in there, but I just, 
Yeah, you it, could probably make shift some kind of like in stop many guns, mechanism that's or just something. this one, right? But if you're talking about like a, a different gun that has 17 or 19 rounds in it, you're talking about a redesign of the gun. Right? Definitely. You're not talking about just a difference. And I don't I don't think that should be the case. No. You know, I don't think it should be up to the manufacturer. And again, I'm not talking about all these drum magazines, this aftermarket stuff. I'm talking about the stock magazine that comes in this, mm-hmm. that someone is buying for their protection, whether it be that I'm carrying it around with me all the time where Colin's going to take it into the woods with him so he doesn't get eaten by a bear. That's That makes sense. That's reasonable. This, this is, you know what I'm saying? You're, everyone's yeah. talking about common sense gun laws. You're talking about something that is not common sense to to cause a manufacturer to redesign a pistol completely so as to fit in a, in a, in accordance with this law. That's not correct. That's not common sense. That and I'll play devil's advocate advocate for a second and just say, okay, you can keep the gun size the same, everything the same. The only thing that really needs to change is the engineering of the magazine, right? Yeah. So, but still. That requires a massive engineering change. And yeah. this stuff is not handmade. It's not easy to do. You have to completely redesign an entire section of the manufacturing. Right. And that is not a cheap thing to do, which is only going to do one thing, and that's bump up the price massively. Um, and it's it's not fair to the <laughs> consumer, for one. And it's definitely not fair to the business because now all of a sudden – they built a business model based off of existing laws and regulations at the time. Yeah. And now you're just going to change them willy-nilly. Well, it's it's not fair to that company to now have to shell out of their own pockets X amount of millions of dollars to change the way they manufacture these things, most likely temporarily, and at the, at the consumer's expense. Right. Which I think, you know, depending on how you want to read into that, that might be kind of a perverse incentive to just have less people buy guns. It would kind of make sense, but that's not necessarily fair. That's kind of reaching yeah. and assuming. But So that's one of the things that I obviously had a big problem with was it was just the way that it was written, at least when you're talking about the 1994 assault weapons ban, that concerned me, right? Yeah. So that's a problem I have when you're talking about bringing something that was the exact same as 1994. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God there'll be hours and hours and hours of rigorous debate after it comes time <laughs> to pass another assault weapons ban. Um, the, that was sarcasm, if you couldn't tell. There are several people, Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, and mm-hmm. Mayor Pete, that are in favor of a gun license, a federal gun license. Um, yeah. Which I Sounds don't, good. I don't think that I am like wholly opposed to, you mm-hmm. know? I don't... The Again, the libertarian slice of my pie is like, well, I don't want to be registering for more databases, you know? Yeah. But I, on the whole, am not opposed. If you're talking about federal gun legislation, I'm not opposed to, like, on the whole of, like, at least right now. I obviously am going to do more research about the different independent mm-hmm. factors of these pieces of legislation as they come out. Yeah. Um, but... And unfortunately, that's what you have to do. Right, Because right. that's... There's so many good talking points around this stuff, like high capacity magazine, universal background checks. Right. Which like, is those all that, sound good. Right. But you need to dig into the nitty gritty and find out what does that really mean when it comes time to re- write the legislation? Does that mean that by the next time I go in and buy like a, a small game rifle, if I'm going to go buy a little 22, I don't want to have to. I don't think I need to get licensed 
for a rimfire rifle like that that has a capacity a magazine capacity of probably like three plus one or five plus one it's going to be yeah. under 10 but then now i'm on a database somewhere that i'm not comfortable with the government knowing exactly where i'm at just yeah. because i bought a firearm it and just I, seems and i think that that's fair you know i think that's super fair especially for people who intend like who try to live off the grid you know and they're coming into town to buy a rifle because they live in the woods and they need it for where they live like if your intent is to stay off the grid you know and you're not your intent is not like some weird backwoods shit where you're planning you know like some uh, some unabomber shit right but you're just truly trying to live in the woods by yourself subsistence living like I can understand why you wouldn't want to be on more databases. You know, you wouldn't want to be registered in more places. Um, well, other than the fact that just generally, I don't like it when the government tracks their people like that. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe that's a little bit more of my libertarian values, like poking out every now and again. Yeah. But it's just, you know, the government does not exist to track its citizens like that. And it just seems very uncomfortable to me to have to do that. I think... You know, that's not to say that a background check should not be conducted at the purchase of every single firearm. Yeah. I'm on 100% okay with that. And I think our current system works okay for that too. Right. But I don't want to add some extra legislation in there that starts putting people on lists and databases and... And you know, I will, I'll link it's back. It's not comfortable. We're, we're talking about guns right now because this has been the big topic of just the different podcasts that we're listening to. This has been like a big focus... Obviously, after the El Paso shooting and yeah. uh, different things that happened, this has just been a focus. So, I will link back to the different episodes where we talked about healthcare um, and things like that, so that people don't think that we're just so focused on guns. Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of these things where you kind of almost have to have one topic for the candidates, kind of in general, like per episode. Yeah. Because otherwise, we could sit. I mean. Me and you could do it because we love to do this stuff. We'd sit here for 12 hours and break them all down one by one. We'd have to have a couple pee breaks, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I think one of the last things I have, Andrew Yang talked about, like I said, he said that he did think that the guns were the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't think is necessarily the case. And I didn't express this very clearly the last time, but I think what I was trying to get out is I was really frustrated, right? So in a world where like, e even if you're saying that the guns are the problem, right? Are you really talking about going around to everyone's house and taking the guns that they have out of their hands? Yeah. Because that's not going to work. That's no. not going to be the way that this happens peacefully and everyone's okay with it, right? Yep. So let's say that the people are the problem, right? You don't have any way to know that if people are keeping to themselves, right? And there's all these people that haven't had red flags, that have had red flags, right? What they're calling red flags, but there are all these people that haven't. There's no way to stop those people. If, nope. they're, if they're keeping to themselves, if they're going there buying guns legally, like so many of these people did, right? Because we're not – so many of these kids, these kids that have done these mass shootings have went and bought their guns legally. The kid at the garlic shooting went to went yep. to Las Vegas or Nevada, purchased it legally, went back home, right? Or like you don't have any way to, to affect that if there's nothing happened before. We know in the case of Parkland, that kid had talked about it, you know, that he should not have had, had, had access to guns. Yeah. But there are other people, like I said, like the kid at the garlic shooting. There's nothing you can do about that. He legally purchased a firearm when no one had any reason to stop him from doing so. There's, there's nothing you can do about that, you nope. know? So. <clears throat> 
and I don't remember, maybe the, maybe that's not a great example because I don't remember which one of these kids it was that said, like their girlfriends and friends that said they were obsessed with, with mass shootings. I think that was the El Paso kid, but either way, if I think that was the Dayton kid there. So there you go. Yeah. So my real point is in a world where there is no red flags, the people being the problem and having all of these laws to stop them, the red flag laws, the extra background checks, all this shit, if they're fucked up in the head and they're willing to wait a month to get their gun and they have never been to therapy, they don't have any family to report them, they don't have any friends, they don't put weird shit on the internet, they just keep to themselves and stew and stew and stew, what does that solve? Because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about people that even if they're not posting on the internet, they're going and they're being radicalized by things they're seeing on 4chan, 8chan, whatever, right? Even if they're not posting, they're just reading it. So there's no way to, unless you're going to monitor people's internet access and mm-hmm. you're going to tell me that I can't read that because it might radicalize me. And that's a whole then, other you know, then level what are of we authoritarianism. Really talking about here? Yeah. Like it's, so these arguments are, are no longer valid. It's the, either of these things are no longer valid and should not even be part of anyone's discussion about any type of gun debate, whether mm-hmm. it's the guns or the people. Irrelevant. And unfortunately, it is absolutely irrelevant. It's really simple to be able to like try to look past that. But what we're talking about here is really you're restricting people's constitutional rights. Right. In, in you know the law-abiding the, citizens, in the most part, yeah, in in an attempt to curb violence of yeah. some kind, right? But much like this, is why I have a lot of problems with things like the Patriot Act, you know these these types of things that give governmental extra, you know, governments extra control and involvement in other people's lives. It's a very I don't want to say the the old slippery slope thing, but I mean. You got to understand that when when you cede rights to the federal government, much like when a benefit is given by the federal government, it it can't necessarily be like taken back. Right. It's the same thing with gay marriage. You cede your rights as a gun owner and a a law abiding Second Amendment following citizen. You can't you can't take that away from people. The government. Cannot, by definition, remove people's rights. Yeah. The whole, the Constitution was built and designed to prohibit governments from removing your rights. Right. And things like the Patriot Act, and if, you know, we decide that we're going to have some massive federal level gun control that bars people in some fashion from acquiring firearms. That is an attack on a constitutional right, right, whether you think it's morally just or not. And the problem there is the fact that we don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. We have a very sick society. One of the things I think Marianne Williams has is, is got spot on, and Tulsi Gabbard has mirrored this a little bit, but the fact that our society as a whole is sick. Yeah. We have problems, and we could talk all day about what those problems are and why and what they stem from and all that, but... Putting a Band-Aid on a serious problem like the ones we have in our society now that that make people become shooters, mm-hmm. that that's not going to change things. It's not going to change how, how this stuff is done unless you go to a fully authoritarian, you know, government-run country that is not – I mean, that's dystopian enough just – in thinking about it. Right. You know, this is V for Vendetta. It's, it's the authoritarian surveillance state. 
Yeah. You know, there's no other way to do that. And unfortunately, we can't control everybody in America. We can't be all on the same page. I think that's relatively obvious considering the state of the country as it is now. And it just because we know there's a problem with mass shooters, you know, doesn't necessarily mean the problem is the gun laws. That might be an aspect of it, but realistically, there's something wrong in our society now that is bringing people to the point where they feel like they need to commit a mass shooting. Right. This didn't exist years and years and years ago. Because I think we had a much more healthy society at the time. We weren't focused all the time on the shit show of the day that, you know, whatever the media is going to bring up to the day or whatever, you know, Trump's latest fucking tweets were, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I don't know. So I have two good things right about these candidates. Let's do it. I need some Um, good news. Yeah, yeah, no. So for Elizabeth Warren... We're we're dipping into nihilism here. No, because we shit on Elizabeth Warren a lot. Uh, One of the things that I like about her is... is, And we'll talk about it again after you listen to these Mm -hmm. um, on-the-trail things, the NPR ones, because I think you should do that. And we'll talk about it again next week. Um, She talked about when she was growing up, right? And this... True or not, whether or not the story is true, and it may be for the wrong reasons that I enjoyed it, right? But she talked about growing up and like her dad lost his job and her mom had never had a job before and she had to go out and get a job and she supported the family and like they almost lost their house and all this shit, right? I don't need to hear that podcast. I've heard that same story a thousand times from her. So it almost made me emotional because I just identify with that story, right? I get it. So like I said, whether or not, if for the right reasons or not, you know, I appreciated that and I was like, like, so I fuck with you, right? Because she said that she was at an age where that happened and she realized it was tied with politics, right? Mm-hmm. That politics bared some relevance on the situation she existed in. Yep. And I was like, word. Because I remember waking up in a political sense and realizing that by, you know, some fault of my mom's and some fault not of my mom's, that she got caught up in a housing crisis that was a political deal that yep. she was given a house that she had no fucking business being in by herself, you know, and they, they let her live there, you know, they let us live there and that's, that's their own fault, you know, but also our own fault because, because we knew that, you know, everyone who bought a house mm-hmm. should have known that, but yeah, it's one of those you know buyer beware, but right. motherfucker, you so, should have known this was a bad investment. You know what I'm saying? So I identify with that and I appreciate that that's where she comes from, or at least did at one point, you know, yep. like I said, whether or not that's where she's still at, or that's just a story she tells. I appreciate that, and mm-hmm. maybe for the wrong reasons, but I, I fuck with that. You know? No, I get it. And then Andrew I mean, Yang, I was very – Patty Murray, our senator, has a very yeah. similar story, but it has to do with the Department of Education and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, go ahead. I don't want to continue. Uh, no, no, you're good. Um, and then Andrew Yang obviously gets asked about the freedom dividend all the time. Yeah. So you got to ask, like, how, how do you – answer to people who don't think that you can get this implemented, you know, that it's just like something you're running on and whatever. And he said, I appreciate the logic that he approached this with, right? Because he said, he said, I know that I can get the freedom dividend passed because if I'm elected president, it's on the back of the freedom dividend. It's like, so there's a majority of America that agrees with what I'm doing. There's going to be at least, you know, all these Democrats that are on board with it because I'm now the president of the Democratic Party, you know? Yep. And then there's going to be X amount of Republicans that are on board for it too because Alaska is a Republican state and they're the only state that's had, you know, this this freedom dividend UBI type deal. It was passed in a Republican government. He's like, yep. this is not a bad deal for the Republicans and they're going to see that, mm-hmm. you know? And we don't need, he's like, we don't need 85%. He's like, we need 50 51%. That's it. We yep. only need 51% of Congress to be able to get this passed. 
And that's attainable. And I was like, fuck me, dude. That makes a lot of sense. Like that is if, because if he wins, you know, there is enough people who've heard about that and they're like, give me the thousand dollars that they yeah. are going to buy into it. And if you have over half of America getting into something that's such an economic change, you're going to have a really hard time not buying into it, you yeah. know? So I think that's, dude, I think there's, it pisses me off so much. It was when I listen to commentary, because I love dude, commentary magazine podcasts, right? Podcast. But Noah Rothman just, and all of those guys, John Ponhorns, every everybody, they just they they cast him off as this wild guy that's got this crazy idea about UBI, failed entrepreneur. Yeah, you know? and <laughs> oh, sorry, only his nonprofit made a fuckload of money and helped a bunch of people. I say, John, how's, sorry, how's that uh, publication? Oh shit, was it National Review that uh, he started? How's that doing? Yeah. Sorry, bro. I know that's a cheap shot because they just went under, but. Um, you know, not every business is fucking successful, obviously. And I, but I think Andrew Yang's freedom dividend, yeah. his, his, it's kind of like UBI light in my mind, right? It's, Cause it's, it's not that much, but it's, and it's maybe one of the best marketed fucking things I've ever, ever. heard of in my whole life. Yeah. The freedom dividend. Jesus dude, Christ, dude. The dude knows what he knows what he's doing. When I explained it to Jordan the first time, and she's like the one that said that to me. And this, she, Jordan has a very marketing mind, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and she, she was like, what? She's like, that's what he's calling it. She was like, who doesn't want that? She's like, we exactly. live in America, the land of the free. And she's like, but you're telling me I can have more freedom? She's like, who doesn't want more freedom? Like, what do you mean? Exactly. Yeah, no, best marketed thing anyone's ever fucking thought of. I don't know who came up with that name, but if it was him, he deserves to win just because of that. Because <laughs> right? God damn it. He can sell anything to anybody. Send him over to the G7. He'll win, bro. He'll <laughs> <The> win. G7? <laughs> Possibly the G8 in the future? Yeah. We don't know. Um but the thing I want to talk about this is Andrew Yang's $1,000 a month freedom dividend. That, I think, is the solution to cure so many societal woes that we have. I mean, if you had an extra grand in your pocket every month for the rest of your natural fucking life, Dude. you're... I mean, your yeah. your annual income goes up twelve thousand dollars, and it's there's so much more freedom to just feel secure in what you're doing. Yeah. There is so much more freedom, and you're able to relax more. You're able to maybe go on a couple annual vacations here if you're not willing. If you're in a good spot and you like where you are, and that thousand dollars a month isn't going to make or break you. It's not going to like add a shit ton of great stuff to your life. You're not going to, you know, that isn't going to be the linchpin between you affording a house and not affording a house or whatever it is. If you're above that threshold where you're really comfortable, that's an extra thousand dollars a month to go do fun things and put money back into the economy I wouldn't and work boost the whole anymore. nation. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't would have to work 60 hours a week spend anymore. Spend more time with my family and we would do more fun shit. Like exactly. I would obviously, I would pay off my debt. And then when I don't have any debt anymore, what the fuck am I? I'm not, I mean, I'm going to save some money, but I have a paycheck now, you know, that yep. like, and you can pay, invest now, that into things. I yeah. mean, there can be people that just take that thousand dollars a month and just squirrel it in the fucking stock market. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you got stockholders that invest would have never once thought about being involved in that they can invest in themselves by like us doing a, a higher quality podcast with some serious fucking you know high quality technology around us to boost our stuff right had all our money for that. you know that that could help let's say you know we're pretty comfortable where we're at but i mean like 
if we could afford to pay rent on a fucking studio or something like that. It's like there is endless possibilities of this stuff. Not and that to I don't just, love this studio. And but. to just brush it off as a wild mm-hmm. idea. I mean, you don't think any one of those shooters who is a, a, a desperate human being, obviously, and is torn up in some fashion, an extra $1,000 in their pocket a month, you don't think that might dissuade them from radicalization? Yeah, money doesn't you're, buy you're a much happiness, happier but person. Make anyone a little bit happier. because you have yeah. less stress in your life because you can afford better things. You don't have to right. worry about paying rent. You don't have to worry about something, which it doesn't drive you to the dark corners of the internet. And we should talk for a moment about again. We've talked about this before, but just in in to be fair, right? To um, be fair, we should talk about where he talks about it coming from, right? Because yes. this thousand dollars a month would be a replacement of the entitlement programs, or what are called the entitlement programs mm-hmm. that exist now, right? Because I yes. don't. It entitlement program seems like an apt like name, but I don't love it because it seems like it carries like an inherently negative connotation to me. You know that yeah. it's like people feel like they're entitled to it, but it. But you technically are. But right, so it, it is right. an apt name, but it seems like, especially because it generally comes. It's from got a bad rap. Yeah, it just it doesn't. It's not yeah. a great name. So um, <laughs> it's not the freedom dividend. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right. So the freedom. So the freedom dividend is in lieu of these uh, entitlement programs that exist in the yeah. form of like food stamps and stuff like that. Um, that this would you if you receive food stamps, you wouldn't receive that anymore. You would get this thousand dollars a month. Um, and it's also we've talked about before what is the value added tax? Yep. Which is like a percentage. I'm sorry, you explain it much better than I do. It's a percentage on every purchase that you would make. Yeah. Anywhere, yeah. you know, and it's it's a very efficient way to charge pennies for things and create thousands and thousands of billions of dollars yeah, whatever it combined, is combined i'm sure with some type of minute corporate tax increase because uh, fuck them so i mean <laughs> and then i'm not, i'm not saying like i mean to fuck them yeah but yeah but like, we don't we don't want like a but, 50 uh, tax right, but, but i also am at a point where i'm like but fuck you like pay more dollars you should you not know? be paying less percentage than no, i do that's no, all i'm saying not at all if i'm paying 18 to 20 percent and 30 percent on fucking essentially capital gains yeah Motherfucker, you should be too. Okay, be I don't care how big a fucking company you are. If I making sixty G's a year, yeah, I don't know how much fucking money I make nowadays. I need to look that up. But let's is if I making sixty G's a year, which I definitely am not. Um, that we would have nicer shit if he we would if he got sixty G's. <laughs> we would. A year. I wouldn't be living. He in doesn't garage. have any we'll kids. Yeah, much. no, he, we would have nicer shit. Um, yeah, dual income. I think we're closer to the thing. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, yeah. Um, but that me making that amount of money, paying twenty percent tax, roughly yeah. between L and I state shit and all this other stuff. If Amazon doesn't pay at least twenty, I got a problem with that because yeah. I the the single. You know, the the regular-ass American working a blue-collar job, we are a dual-income family because we do not have kids. If we had kids, we would be a single-income family, right. and things would be a lot fucking harder. But if I'm paying X amount of taxes and just a rough percentage, if I'm paying 20%, Amazon better be fucking paying 20% too. So they should you be know, loopholing down to 20%. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying, I'm, we're not Bill de Blasio 70%ers. Fuck you know? Bill de Blasio. We do, yeah, we do He's not, a groundhog murderer. <laughs> we do not by any means think that the corporate tax rate or the 1% tax rate should be 70%, right? That's, that's ludicrous, right? 
especially if you're a private person, if you're not keeping at least half your money, what the fuck is going on here, exactly. right? Like, and again, I'm not saying that 50% is like an acceptable amount, but no one should be taking more than half of what you're making every year. Yeah. Unless you're making it by nefarious means, you should not be losing half of your money to the government no. because you make a bunch of money. No. That's ludicrous, it's, right? That's a penalization for being successful. Right. You know? But I'm saying if you set a corporate tax, or I don't even know what percentage, but at a percentage where you can loophole yourself at a reasonable <coughs> flat tax, reasonable loopholes, right? Down to not some crazy backwards shit, but reasonable, you know, standard corporate loopholes where you just get a standard lawyer and he'll yeah. find your way. That if he can loophole you down to 35%, I'm cool with it, you know, yeah. 35%, 30%, but you shouldn't be paying 0% federal taxes, 10% federal taxes. I don't make that much money. Like no. you said, you shouldn't be paying less percentage of taxes than I do. Fuck that. The percentage is key to me. Because yeah. when we're talking about people, you know, a flat tax, right? I'm a, I'm a fan of the flat tax. That's yeah. I'll just lay that out right now. Whether you're a corporation or a small business, a big business, whatever the fuck it is, everyone should pay the same fucking exact amount yeah. percentage-wise in taxes. Unless you make under... Is. I think unless you make under... If you make under 50 Gs, yeah. combined household income, right? Actually, I'd probably raise that up these days to about 75. I think if you make combined, if you're a dink, if you're a dink family, a dual income, no kids, yeah. right? If you're pulling in $75,000 a year or less, you should be exempt from federal tax. Because, Word. because what we are talking about- Offie for President 2020. <laughs> we're talking about like- yeah. The bottom of the fucking barrel of total taxes collected percentage wise, we're like, we're donating fucking, you know, fractions of pennies yeah. into the public purse. All right. It won't I've kill anybody. I, it won't yeah. hurt anything for those people to not fucking pay a shit ton of taxes, yeah. not forfeit 20 to 25% of their paycheck every year. I'm going to get another profit distribution here. Sometime by the end of the year, right? Because as he a, part owns the company, because as for. a business owner, as a part of a business owner, that that is my right to be able to share in the profits of my company that I bought as into. Is his right? <laughs> and I like but that. I'm going to get taxed at thirty percent for that. God about. damn! Right? Why? Because we are a successful yeah. company that makes money. That's like overtime. You know, working overtime, you get you get taxed more for working overtime. Yes, you do. The fuck. Trust me, like, I know all about that. Like, yeah, you you're know, talking to a guy that works sixty hours a week, bro. I know, you know, yeah, you've seen that shit on your pay stub. That's why you got to get paid time and a half so you don't get fucked on your dollars. Exactly. Yeah, because time and, and a half even sounds then, cool, but you're not really getting paid time. Even and a half. then, gross income. Yeah, I forget if it's net or gross or whatever the fuck it is before tax income. That's the gross. Yeah. Like that's that's where they fuck you because yeah. you get put into a different tax bracket and then all of a sudden your taxes go from like 12% to like 18 fucking percent. And that's fuck when, you. And that's when we talked about um, when Isaiah was here and we talked about healthcare. Mm -hmm. You know, that I don't, I can't attest for however many people in the United States, but I know that I'm not the only one that is in a position where my gross pay does not match what I'm taking home after my health insurance and after everything and I'm going to make less money if I get charged for for federal health care. Mm -hmm. I will not make as much money. And that doesn't make any sense to me. And I shouldn't be put into a into damn near poverty f because I am getting something different that's probably going to be about what I'm getting right now. You yep. know, that doesn't make any sense. You know, nope. and I'm not the only person who's in that place. So this whole 
Medicare for everybody, the same thing for everybody, doesn't work the way that people are talking about it, no. right? And I'm not saying it's fucking impossible, but it's it doesn't take into account people like me that I know exist in this country that get decent or good health care through their company that will pay more money if they get federal health care. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't make oh, yeah. any sense. That's That does not make any sense. That if nope. you're doing the right thing, you're eating, you're trying to, you're eating well because I paid, I, I paid f- almost $4,000, almost $5,000 to find out I had IBS. Yep. To do, do all these different tests, right? Because my deductible is at this point that I still didn't reach. I had to pay all this out of pocket, right? To find out I have IBS, to be told, change your diet. Take fiber and take probiotics. You know, just take increasing amounts until you find one that helps your stomach, and you'll be fine. How long? Probably forever. All right. Cool. Really glad I just spent all of this money here with my health insurance. Right. That again, I'm like the same thing is going to be done. Like that money put over Mm -hmm. because that since then, since I did that, I've been fine. Right. So now that I'm doing all these things and I'm not going to the doctor unless I'm fucking deathly ill and I need some type of antibiotic. Why? Why should I be actively paying more money for to take home less money mm-hmm. for my family? Like that doesn't so, make any sense. I, I don't understand it. You know? So between it de incentivizes harder work. Yeah. Like why do I want to make more money if it, I'm just gonna? It's just gonna mm-hmm. less of it's gonna come home with me. You know. Yeah. And the problem with that, and I think this is a good one to talk about because that Medicare for all is it's Bernie's baby, but most of the candidates have adopted this. Yeah, especially right? in Elizabeth some form. Warren. Um, but what we're talking about here is essentially making it so that your employer cannot provide you healthcare, which yeah. puts you on essentially you have to go to the arms of the federal government to take care of you. Yeah. Which you are going to be paying more. And if it's anything like what we saw in the Obamacare switchover, you'll be paying five to a hundred percent more, if not more than that than what you pay now for this same exact coverage. Yeah. You paid $5,000 to find out you had IBS because you couldn't hit that probably seven to $10,000 deductible, whatever the standard yeah. you know, bottom line plan is. You had to pay all that out of pocket versus if you were solely in, say, the Obamacare, at the level of your salary, your, your joint family income – you would have to be competing more or less in the private market because you're going to get very little in the way of federal subsidies for yeah. you. And you're going to be paying six to $700 a month on top of the extra money you're going to pay out of pocket to get to that seven to $10,000 deductible. Yep. And so you're now paying thousands of dollars to find out you have IBS. Right. And that is the real reality of the situation if we switch over to a purely government-run healthcare system, there's there's no other way around it. I mean, we've tried it before, right? The unless we completely get rid of all private insurance whatsoever, and there is a federal mandate, and there is just zero market. If you if the federal government comes in and decimates the entire insurance industry as far yeah. as healthcare is concerned, and is the sole propriety of healthcare, then you'll be paying a shit ton more extra. And I want to be clear about this, right? Because this is just, we're talking about someone who's in a scenario similar to myself, right? Because in this particular scenario, you're very correct, right? And I I just say I want to be clear because there are a lot of people in this country that would benefit very highly 
from a Medicare for All it would. program, right? There are a lot of people. There's also a lot of people who would not benefit from Medicare for All program. Yep. I happen to fall into that side, right? And I'm not – so I'm not trying to – sell Medicare for I don't think either of us are as a totally negative thing. We're using ourselves as examples because we are very much people that exist in the middle class, what should be the middle class, right? Yeah. We very much exist there. So we're sp- speaking to what we think is a fair amount of people, you know, a, a fair the people that will be affected greatly by this, you know? And I think that that's important that if you're in a scenario like we are, if you if this is the situation that you live in, then you should know that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's important that you understand that. Um, And to, I just don't want to, I just don't want anyone to be, you know, Oh, fuck you. You know, I don't, I'm going to, I need Medicare for all and blah, blah, blah. Like there's, there's no shortage of people that would, that would be in a better place with federally provided health insurance. Mm -hmm. But there's also no shortage of people that will be in a worse place yeah. if they're being charged more money in taxes because they're not paying very much for their health insurance mm-hmm. and getting okay health insurance and doing fine because they're just staying healthy. Because you know? I'm going to be very transparent for a second. And I'm going to reveal a little bit of my personal life here. Um, where we are at financially, we are in a position where due to the fucked up nature that is our housing market in this area, um, <laughs> I don't cr- think I've told crazy. you this right. It's Absolutely insane. I can get a house of equal or greater square footage and overall quality back in fucking Long Island, where I used to live in Long Island in New York for half the fucking price than I can find a house for the equivalent price or square footage and yeah. quality and amount of land that I can in Kitsap fucking County. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Mind you, there are a billion aspects to why we're yes. there, which Derek Kilmore kind of touched on a little bit, and then I've been talking to some well, engineer friends of mine and, and stuff I'm sure about he the infrastructure. Be able to bill. answer questions about it because he came from a world he he loves that he came from a world of economic development, and yes. he talked about housing and especially in the realm of like cities and stuff like that, so yes. of urban development. So yeah, urban development. So he definitely knows because I don't know housing, and will probably be able to answer some questions about that. And know? I don't know if you guys were there for that portion of it because you were like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, like fifteen minutes late. So you might have heard some of it, and I got to pee so fucking bad. It's yeah, terrible. like fifteen minutes late. Yeah, not much. <laughs> but the problem was, is he only talks about thirty minutes, and then it was just questions, which was kind of nice. Yeah. It was dope. Um, Hello slides though. Should we just pause button here? Yeah, we can take, take a, a little break. break if you want. That's fine. Word. So we'll be right back with more Salt of the Streets. Well, Big Bird goes pee. And we're back. As per the usual, that was the 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 great Upper Left theme song that we have yes. for you. Shout, shout out to Upper Left. Shout out to Upper Left. And I, we also should touch on this real quick. Shout out to Isaiah. The motherfucker was on here a few weeks ago. 
The dude hosted the draft this year at his place. Yes. It was fucking perfect. Excellent, right? So shout out Isaiah, you're the fucking man. Him and Cody cooking the whole time. Although um it's fucking um, again this year, it's me and Isaiah first matchup. Yep. And slated project projected points. He's projected to beat me by like Eleven points. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You never know. Those projections are basically bullshit. Yeah. I think we might try and get together for the first game on Thursday. If not, then maybe on Sunday. So I probably got to wait till I get pity mm-hmm. in. But um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll probably try and get some people together for that would be dope for one of the games. So. That would be dope. Find a yeah. nice mid spot for everybody to hang out. Yep. In. Yep. You exactly. know, I understand. I live out in bumfuck. So I can drive anywhere that I need to but be. Probably <laughs> but a Silverdale type area. Oh, know? hell yeah. So. I wanted to go to the Wob so fucking bad last night. Yeah. Because we were meeting some friends of ours that, oh yeah, um, Jordan and Caleb, which yep. you have met. Because they, small fucking world. These friends of ours moved back up from Texas and come to find out they're like best friends with your fucking neighbor yeah. across the street. And then like all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you know this guy, you know this guy. Wait, well, this is crazy. Yeah, I was talking to him about the podcast one day and I was like, oh, yeah, it's all to the streets. And I like do it with this guy calling above and, and he was like, oh. I know that guy. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, my girlfriend's like really good friends with him. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I've known Jordan for a while now, actually. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, let me see. She's the first one that got me into Doctor Who, first of all. Um, cause she knew my brother for a while. And then I just got to know her through my brother. And then we just kind of all became friends after that. And then, Do you have any Doctor Who DVDs? Negative. Uh, Jordan's talked to me about digital Doctor Who a couple of times. Doctor's a good fucking show. Yeah, we, we since they like started the the newer ones. I don't even know what season. I'm a bad Doctor Who fan. We'll just say that. But when I watch it, I highly enjoy it. The new one, not the old one. Yeah, because it's it's it goes all the way back. To, I think to the '60s. I want to say yeah. maybe. And but they they like rebooted it up. I want to say probably in the '90s, maybe. But it significantly better and they're still doing it now and it's really good um, it's a long time it was but uh anyway we just finished up talking kind of candidates <laughs> and stuff in that and so now we're going to move on to some more broader topics because we just yes we have way too much fun talking about this shit. yeah it really that's is. why we called it a grab back show next week probably will Boom. be too just so we can handle some more stuff yeah um so another thing that happened while we were gone uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, they planned, uh, you know, some of our favorite representatives, obviously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they <laughs> planned trips to go to Palestine. Um, there and- is no such thing as Palestine. <laughs> Let me just, and they were going to go to Israel and visit the West Bank. Yeah. Which, uh, as is commonly referred to as occupied Palestine. Yeah. And so, but on their, <laughs> on their, what are those called? Agendas or uh, itineraries? Uh, it said that they were going to Palestine, and yeah. So I'm not. So before we start this, right? Indeed. I want to. Should we talk general geopolitics of it, Israel? Just for and a Palestine? second, just because I want to put a stake in the ground, right? That okay. that maybe I'm sure a bunch of people would be like, "That's fucking ignorant," right? So the Israel Palestine thing is not the biggest blip on my radar, right? Partially because it strikes me as, and this is like the ignorant part, right? Strikes me as at its core, a religious issue that bears no relevance on my life. 
like this the the and like i said that's probably the ignorant part right but like my and i just mean at the core like the dispute between like the two religions like yeah like that's not my business because i'm not religious i don't Mm -hmm. like i don't go that's just it's not my beef you know so i don't it is hard to have a stake in that unless you are tied directly to one of those two people you know and so it's very hard so i'm not by any means saying it's irrelevant it is a very relevant issue to america as a whole but just yeah and this is i obviously has been for a long time i obviously have my ear to the ground on no shortage of political issues this one is just not a big deal for me because like i said and it's in I specialize my, in geopolitical problems. In my possibly very simplistic view, probably very simplistic view, it's it's just not something that strikes me as like what's mm-hmm. something that should be my concern. You know that I'm just like that's like that's between you guys. Like yeah, figure, figure out, out how to live fucking figure together. it out. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what's like, aren't we, isn't this 2019? Yeah, thank like, God why for Jared yeah. Kushner. What happened to religious tolerance? Like, I, yeah, so it doesn't you know, exist over there. Yeah, so well, it kind of does, and that's and that's what I, you know, yeah. and I'm so that's I'm not saying that you know why can't you guys just be friends? Yeah. I know it's so, not as simple as that. But, yeah. So in other words, we're not going to dive into the real geopolitical no, no. situation because ain't nobody going to figure that out anytime. And I don't so. know that much about it because it's not something I concern myself well, with. Well, and it's there's incredibly just, complex. Yeah. There's like, I, I know, you know, I mean, obviously Ben Shapiro talks a lot about it. I mean, he's yeah. Jewish. The people on commentary talk a lot about it. They're Jewish. They're going to care a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Rashid Tlibil and Omar, they're Muslim. They're going to care a lot about it. Like that's, yep. and that's, like when we talked about, I'll link back to those episodes as well. Um, Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitic. Uh, Is it weird that remarks. I feel bad every time yeah. you say I'm going to link back to that? I'm no, like, because oh, I'm shit, getting more really, work. I'm getting really good at it. Um, <laughs> and I have a fantasy draft on Monday. Oh yeah, because uh, you're a multi-league dude. I'm a I'm a, a quad leaguer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I would be interested in getting into a dynasty league at some point. I'm in a dynasty league now with like uh, like Ryan, Drew is in it, Casey is in it, and then a couple of the dudes that are Ryan and Shay's friends that I've never met before that mm-hmm. I'm in another league oh, in shit. with. Um, that's the one I'm drafting for on Monday. Well, if you um, if you ever need a plus one. To your dynasty, dynasty. leagues, hit me up. I'll remember that. There's almost every year. There's someone dropping out. Because so. I have a problem. Okay, just to reference this, and we'll just get it off the table and keep moving on to Israel and yeah. Because we got to talk about this for a minute and then go to sports anyway. So. Yes. This, oh yeah. Well, fuck it. We'll just hit into sports. We'll hit into so, sports. <clears throat> so we, you know, that's why when we talked about Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitic remarks, I was like, this doesn't. I don't know why we're arguing about this because she's Muslim, right? I'm like, she's Muslim. She's from an area where this would be contentious. Like, so why is this even an argument that, and I'm not saying that it's right. No. I'm like, but I don't, because <clears throat> Rashid like, Tlaib, or not Rashid Tlaib, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar is from, she's from Somalia. Somalia. And so again, she's not from, you know, Israel or like the West Bank or whatever you want to call it. Right. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to lean any political way. Yeah. But I just, I was like, again, not that it makes it okay, but why are we like, she would never do something like that. You know, I'm like, but she probably would, right? Like, because, I mean, if we're talking about how strong her ties are to where she comes from, it, because that's so important, right? In She's her, very involved in the BDS like, movement. That's I'm like, so like, what do you mean? Like, I don't, what do you mean she would never do that? Because that seems like it's, it's like logical that that might happen for many reasons. So yeah. I'm like, why is this an I argument? Know, you know, right? I thought that was really weird, you know? Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, let me before you dive into this. Yes. It's funny when we were at the the DK um, town hall. Yes, right. And we were leaving. You were talking to one of his staffers and yes. giving her the, the podcast stuff. And I just oh yeah, getting into this. I just keep thinking like, what if Derek Kilmer was listening to this episode? So I'm, what would he think about us? <laughs> so I'm actively <laughs> trying to swear less this episode. If when you're editing, you will notice I'm actively trying to swear less. Um, and I decided. I'm very proud of you for that. And by I the decided way. after this week, I'm going to go back to joints instead. Of <laughs> Have I fuck? Because I, I almost did again. Have I, I been cursing more? Ep- this episode than you? <laughs> I think I have been. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. how you can tell. I've been out of the game for a minute. <laughs> yeah, and as much as I love smoking the bong, I think that it's it just looks better yeah. for marketing purposes. <laughs> so I'm going to go. I'll switch back to it's the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> you know, and when I first started doing it again, I was like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to, you know, do whatever I want. And I'm like, yeah. well. Free speech and all that. Like, like, but oh, yeah. There's marketing. Should, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so uh, <laughs> So, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar representatives, they planned a trip to the West Bank. Yes. And it was, in the case of Rashida Tlaib, she was going to go and see her grandma. But then the government of Israel wasn't going to allow them to go there because they have to land in Israel and then, like, take a bus or, you know, whatever the fuck into the West Bank. And so... Israel wasn't going to allow them to go there. And then there was this huge uproar, you know, that they, the government wasn't going to allow them to go. And so the, Israel, the government of Israel then said, you can come here if you promise to not campaign for the BDS movement or, mm-hmm. you know, pro-Palestine or anything like that. Just come here and be chill. And you can come here and you can see your family and everything will be fine. And for a slight moment... Rashida Tlaib said, okay, like, I'll do that. And then I don't even remember how long, probably not even a day. It was quick. Yeah, she came back out and said, no, I'm not going to go if I can't, you know, do whatever I want to do if you're going to infringe on my free speech. After a very emotional press conference or interview, I don't remember which one, about going to see her grandmother and she's being stopped from seeing her family and, you know, all this stuff. And then... Then all of a sudden, she could care less. Yeah. and Which was weird. She said that her family told her that she should not compromise her values. Um, and so that's why she said she made this decision, which mm-hmm. I can't speak to, you know, whether or not that's true, yeah. but that's what she said. Um, and, and I wanted to find that the name of the organi- organization that they were kind of generally tied to over there that was causing that kind of red flag for the Israeli government. Yes. Um, because they were the ones that they, they were essentially going to be attached to them and bring them around yeah. and all this. And it was uh, an organization known as MIFTA. Who uh, yes. has a lot of anti-Semitic ties? We'll just say <laughs> in general. And all the while, obviously, this is happening. The president decides that he's going to chime in, and after it comes out that they're the representatives are planning their trip there, he tweets that it would be weak of Israel. I don't remember exactly what his quote is, but it mm-hmm. was something along the lines of it would be weak of Israel to allow these representatives to come there because they're you yep. know not pro-Israel, and it was. Some people say a reaction to, but it came afterwards, after Trump tweeted these things, after the president tweeted these things, that Israel made the announcement and decision that they were not going to allow the representatives to go there. Whether or not that is a reason that that decision was made, no one knows, Mm -hmm. but many people believe that was the case. Literally, Um, first paragraph of the New York Times article, and this is one of the things that got me so disillusioned when I came back, is reading all this stuff. 
in the first paragraph, Rashida Tlaib, um, we'll just read the first paragraph. Israel relentedly, um, relented slightly on Friday after barring Representative Rashida, Rashida Tlaib under pressure from, under pressure from President Trump. Mm. And it's that type of just little half a sentence because it's thrown it's in there tweets. that it's just it's a fucking tweet that he put out yeah. and now they're going to report on this thing as fact that president trump has been putting pressure on the government of israel which to not to, allow these people to come in which is disingenuous yeah. as fuck to begin with again to be fair to be fair netanyahu and B.B. Netanyahu and President Trump are close allies. They get along really well. On a weird level. On a weird level. But so there are, you know, there are many reasons that people say these two things are connected, but there is no apparent evidence other than these tweets that that's why the decision was made. It's because it's not like there was an official announcement that came out that from the White House that the president had called B.B. Netanyahu and said, hey, don't, Don't let do these it. bitches in here because you're going to look like a bitch if you do it. You yeah. know, so and there's nothing. <laughs> that's a terrible. Yeah, problem. and I'm like, for I'm trying to motherfuckers in the New York Times to take that. I shouldn't talk about them that way and run with it, right? Yeah, as like objective fact. Yeah, and not understanding that Benjamin Netanyahu also has fucking Twitter, yeah. using it a lot better than the way Trump does, by the way. Um, <laughs> To not understand that, like, the conversations that happen on Twitter are not factual news to report right. from a responsible news outlet. It's, it's, I don't know what's going on at the Times and the Washington Post, but the last couple of weeks have been so bad, transparently just abhorrent yeah. that I can't even, I can't, I have a hard time reading a New York Times article now over Washington Examiner. It's because bad, at least right? I know. That when I read the Washington Examiner, I'm going to get a heavy conservative bent. But when I grab the facts that they put out and I throw them into the fucking Google machine, yeah. I'm going to get facts that corroborate that from leftist outlets as well. But you can't do that anymore with the New York Times and the Washington yeah. Post most of the time. And for them to run on a line like that and just assume that President Trump has pressured Benjamin Netanyahu to not allow these yahoos into their country where it's pretty obvious that if any of them followed any if the Israeli government has followed any of what the squad posts on their Twitter or social media or just in public addresses whatsoever is enough anyway. for them to be like no dude I don't want you here. Yeah. It's pretty fucking simple. And you cannot just cast shade on President Trump for being the sole owner of that responsibility. It just it makes no objective sense. And for a legitimate news network like New York Times to report on something like that as objective fact is so I don't have any other word than like disillusioning. Yeah. It is it's mm-hmm. so mind blowing. And so I didn't mean to like totally interrupt no, you take fine. that. But so they go over there or they they do this process and, and the whole thing. And then uh, Rashida Tlaib ends up appealing more or less to the Israeli government to say, hey, this is a humanitarian thing. My my grandmother, who I wish to see, is like, so I want to say in the 90s. She's really yeah. old and this will probably be the last time I ever see her. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they started to kind of reach a, a back and forth, she pulls out and says, well, I'm not going to go anymore. Yeah. I don't 
I just I don't I don't get where the controversy is there. Yeah. That's the problem. It's there was a controversy reported that I don't feel like there's a real controversy there to begin with. You know, we have broken down their statements on the podcast more than once and lined them up with the State Department definitions of anti-Semitic speech, and they have word for word, verbatim, fallen under anti-Semitic. Why would you think that a an Israeli, a Jewish state of Israel would not want them in their country? Well, and I think that it's interesting <clears throat> from a... Uh from representatives that make the argument that it's President Trump's rhetoric that has incited the mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's interesting that the same argument won't be made for them if they go into Israel and they campaign for BDS values and they campaign for pro-Palestine, that the same thing doesn't stand to happen, that a country that in two territories, whatever you want to call them, that already stand on such like eggshells all the time between violence and rockets and you know all these different things that happen why would you not think the same thing would happen if you go and you do something over there and you speak in in favor of something that stands to incite violence like in an area that's more sensitive arguably than it is in america oh highly you know what i'm saying so i don't think for a number of reasons it makes sense why the government of israel wouldn't want them there like you said yeah so it's, I, it's one of those like much to do about nothing stories, right? Because you know? I don't. We talked about it when we talked about the shootings last week, or you know, last time we were here. That I don't believe the narrative that it's people's rhetoric that's inciting violence, right? But if you're the ones that are making that argument, like these two representatives are, then why are we not making the same argument for the things that you may or may not say when you're over there? You know, yeah. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I did kind of want to hit. I know we're getting real close, so maybe we'll just touch on it real quick. Um, what? The Republican Party yes. is in massive, massive trouble. Um, and, you know, let's just save this for next week. All right. Now that I think about it. Because this right. is a – I want to dive into that. So, yeah. preview for next week. That's a cheat topic. Boom. No, no, no show. Very little show prep to be done there. Pull up um, – um, there was a tweet, so just for context, um, there was a tweet from a guy named Mike Gerke, who used to be Gerke. a part of the Clinton administration and was part of the campaign for a number of Democrats heavily involved in the DNC and stuff like that, who had put out a tweet that uh, kind of looked at where the Republican Party has been and, and is after Trump got elected. And, you know... A vast number of Republicans, and I think you see them now, you keep hearing it on all these different podcast stuff, how this representative or this senator isn't going to run for re-election next year, not going to run for re-election next year. This person is not going to seek re-election next year, and they're all Republicans. And I think there's a serious conversation, I think, that I want to have around the, the general state, the conservative party, the the Republican party, Um Next time we're together, yeah. So let's just think about that and keep that in the mind. Um, you really so, like the five thirty eight podcast, and they're really into polls and fucking. I love so, five thirty eight, so I can see why. I think was, Nate yeah. Silver can be a fucking crazy person, but goddamn it, man! If there yeah. is somebody that will report on news that you can tell they don't necessarily like to report, yeah, but, but they do. do yeah, that's that's five thirty eight, which they're owned by ABC. I noticed that. Which is yes. weird. It's and super weird. Fucking, I, my hat's off to 
the 538 people, man, because they have their own leanings, obviously, but they do not let it affect the facts that they report. And it is really, really good. Yeah. So we're about to pull up our fantasy rosters. Yeah, because I got to be out of here by four because the Ducks play today. Yeah, go Beavers. Um, This (laughs) is the last week before real football. And so next week we are going to – what I'm going to do – is because we it's it's three thirty, so we have a little bit of time. I'm gonna pull up what the schedule is for next week, and we're gonna pick who we think is gonna win the games. Okay, and that way we can stay a week ahead every week. Definitely, On Monday people will get to hear our predictions for the following week. Oh so, yeah, you know what I I'm dig saying. It. So yeah, I dig so it. we're gonna do it this week so that we can stay ahead. A step ahead so, this year. I like yes. it. I so like it. sports. So we're out here. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and go over the notes for this week so that you can pull up your fucking fantasy roster. Oh, and then we'll go over How our rosters. How did I rosters. pick a San Francisco quarterback? Um, <laughs> I hate myself. And then we're going to go over our fantasy rosters. And then I will talk about what the schedule is for the first week of the NFL. And we'll pick our teams. And then we will hit a line and get the fuck out of here. Do what? So... Just this morning, the Bills cut their running back, LaShawn McCoy. Also, just this morning, the Texans traded their linebacker, Davian Clowney, to the Seahawks for a 2023 round pick, as well as linebacker Barkevius Mingo and Jacob Martin. I could not be any fucking happier than I am right now, right? It's not often <clears throat> that I celebrate people clowning, but... I know that it's only... One year because he wants a fucking deal. He wants to get signed. It's whatever, right? Not even but- a chuckle. That was rough, dude. That was rough. I thought that was semi-okay. <laughs> was definitely a dad joke. Yeah. Um, so, Jadavian Clowney, right, lines up on the D-line yeah. all the time. We yeah, don't we know, need that. We need we, that. Yeah, we don't know how long LJ Collier is going to be out because he fucked up like his – it's a like a foot sprain or something like that. I think he's supposed to be there for week one, but he may be back a little bit later than that. Anyway – LJ Collier, when Jaron Reed gets back in week six, we have Puna Ford as another D-tackle. We have fucking Ziggy Ansah on another side. David Clowney, that's going to be a nasty fucking pass rush. It's going to be insane. It's going to be a nasty line. I and we need that wait. so fucking bad. Yes. The pass rush, we've been lacking so hard on that. We let Brady yeah. pass on us like nobody's business. And Jacob Martin is pretty good, but Marquevious Mingo, definitely willing to let him go. I'm not at all worried about that. Not um, married to Domingo, huh? No, no, I'm not worried about Mingo at all. Um, the Raiders, Mingo, Mingo, Mingo. the Raiders signed their center Rodney Hudson to a three-year, thirty-three point seven my seven five million dollar extension. He's the highest-paid center in the league. Center's um, a good spot, though, man. You need you need, cl- you need a clutch center. Yeah. Um, Andrew Luck last week, right? Yep. He retired like out of nowhere in the middle of the game. Decided he was going to retire. I watched some of what he talked about. I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm not like I mean I don't I'm not a Colts fan so I don't have any reason to be mad I did yeah. nobody will blame you it happened this is might be insensitive but it happened before our draft so I yep. don't like have any stake in that at all I'm not worried about it I did pick up Jacoby Brissett he is on my bench so you know we'll see he's I will the say as a, as a good commish though you made sure that everybody knew that I told everyone, before we got I, in yep I'm and fair. nobody tried to accidentally um, draft him which was <laughs> right, which was a right. plus um. So, you know, he said that he just, he'd been battling with injury for four years. He mm-hmm. didn't want to be playing like that anymore. It was making him not enjoy football. And Rob Gronkowski is a spokesperson for a CBD, like medicine line that he said helped him recover. And he spoke at that last weekend and he said something similar that he just was not enjoying the game anymore because 
he was just in such pain all the time, and it was yep. just making him upset. He didn't want to play. He wasn't happy. And I um, think that's a new thing we're going to see in football going forward, man. Younger people, people are retiring younger. Yeah, they are too knowledgeable about things like CTE and the damage yeah. that a a professional NFL career can bring to your body. And yeah, Isaiah was talking. I wish I could remember his name. I should have had it. But Isaiah was talking about a linebacker that San Francisco had that led the team in tackles, played for one season, but he had like. You know, degrees in something fucking awesome. Oh, and, I remember. And retired. Guy. Yeah, he yeah. was like, "I'm done. Like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. It's not yep. worth, you know, wh- not- what I stand to risk. Yeah, it's not yep. worth it. So, because what you stand <clears throat> to risk is your life. Yeah, and that's the thing that we're realizing now. That's why Cam Chancellor stopped playing was because he was told by the doctors if he continued to play with his spinal issues, he stood to risk permanent paralyzation. Forever. And um, looking at the hits that the fucking cam train dude. brought, you go, dude. well, that makes sense. It's, and yeah. nobody should fault him for that. Yeah. So I, you know, that's, I'm not an NFL player. And so I'm not one to make that judgment of whether yeah. or not that's the right call. I'm not going to hate on anyone. For, term limits for football players. <laughs> I'm not going to hate anyone for making what they feel like is Definitely the right not. decision, especially if you have a family, you know, you have mm-hmm. a wife and kids that just like he does, I'm not going to... Was that... Oh, shit, was it Dougie Fresh that did his whole, like, uh, outro via Twitter? Uh, yeah, last, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, All those like, tweets and stuff. You can't them. be mad at people for wanting to get out of the no. game. No. Especially when they're ahead. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins released their safety, TJ McDonald, who is an excellent safety. Looks like the, the Dolphins are just, they're just tanking. They're trying to tank. They're trying to get like some more picks. They're trying to come back and just rebuild. The same thing um, as last year. They're just slowly trying to, to yeah. build up because they know it's a slow process to, yeah. to build up a good team. Yeah. Um, and then Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon running backs, they're still holding out. They've both indicated that they're willing to hold out through the season into regular season games um, and just see what happens. So, <clears throat> that's gonna that's gonna fuck with a lot of people in the world of fantasy. I mean, you know, I mean, again, I'm not yeah. an NFL player, so if you got to get your money, you got to get your money. I know Zeke is going in two years early that he's trying to request an extension, so mm-hmm. that's I think that's a little wild, but um, whatever you got to do. So that's yeah. all I have for news as far as fantasy rosters. We had our draft. We are in a 14 team league. My wife is in it. Colin is in it. Morgan is in it. Um, we had a bunch of other people in it. Chad and Isaiah and mm-hmm. a bunch of people. So. Um, All friends of the podcast. Yeah, it is, like I said, 14-team, $50 buy-in, so it's a $700 winner-take-all pot. This year, <laughs> we switched from, if you don't you know, pay attention to fantasy, it doesn't matter, but we switched from waivers to fab budget, so you have a certain amount of dollars that you spend, fake dollars that you spend on buying players and stuff like that um, <clears throat> as free agents. and on Is that factored players. in already? Yes. Yeah, just on waivers. People who are mm-hmm. like right now they're free agents, so you can just pick them up. But after they play, then they're on waivers. So you got to spend dollars to do that. And it's already set up. Everyone has two hundred dollars. So the fucking commish, um, dude, yep, is all on up. it. Um, There's a reason you got your money back last year. Because <laughs> with a fourteen people league, man, it's tough. There's a lot of management. It is tough, and I give it to you hands down, bro. I. I don't know how you have the fucking headspace to deal with this. But <laughs> my hat's off to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, so my draft went as follows. My QB is Josh Allen. I'm a late round quarterback drafter. <laughs> Garbage. My my running backs carry on Johnson and Josh Jacobs. My wide receivers DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Williams. My tight end Delaney Walker. We have two flexes in this league instead of three wide receivers. I have Mark Ingram and Duke Johnson Jr. in my flex. I have the Browns defense, and then I picked up Mike. Badgley today as the kicker. My bench, I have Robbie Anderson, Devin Singletary, Michael Gallup, James Washington, and Jacoby Brissett. 
Colin, what do you have? So we got ourselves Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback. There you go. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Green Bay as my one of my running backs. David Montgomery of the Bears as my other running back. Um, Julio Jones, uh, I did pick up as wide receiver, who Julio. is sitting on a questionable status right now. But he will you know, be questionable all season. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, he may miss a game or two, but he's not going to be. You know, I mean. That's yeah. what he does. But he will be questionable all season. He'll play almost every game. Yeah. And the big one for me, the big concern was Josh Gordon from the Patriots, uh, wide receiver. He looked good in the preseason. He did. and so. But it was still undetermined whether or not he was going to start week one <clears throat> up until about a day or two ago when I finally started to see those projected points hit the, hit the roster. I was like, okay, we're in. Uh, we got ourselves some Jared Cook from the Saints for tight end. Larry Fitz, um, who... I'm more or less just going to walk. I'm going to watch on one of my flex spots because yeah. he can go either way. At this he could point. be incredible. I mean, he, he could, could be incredible receiver. and he could be garbage. Yeah, it just, but they have that new rookie quarterback there he likes to run. So we'll yeah. see, you know, we'll see how Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald. I would imagine because Larry Fitzgerald is such a veteran that Kyler Murray and him might mesh really well. But that's if their play I'm styles thinking. just don't work together, then we'll see what happens. But and that's why I think it's a gamble and we need to watch him. Yeah. But, uh, but Royce not a, Friedman. Not a bad pick. And my other, fr- my other flex is sitting at Royce Friedman of uh, Denver. I got the Saints the duck D. right there. Royce Friedman's a duck. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, I, you know, I kind of followed in your footsteps a little bit. I, I drafted a lot of running backs and wide receivers the first. to be, especially then, in this league. Yeah, and then I figured, you know, quarterback, I want to try to get a semi-decent, mm-hmm. uh, a tight end, same thing. And then, but when it came down to kicker, I was like, I don't really give a shit. Well, who I pick up for kickers as long as they're going to play. Yeah, we had a vote to get rid of kickers, and most people were not fans of it, so mm-hmm. that's why we kept them. We had a couple of votes this year. We also switched so that whoever comes in last place, um, yeah, <laughs> they it's got to. So your mom's got to buy dinner for the winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she drafted pretty well. This she year, did. Actually. She yeah. changed up the program. Yeah. So we'll I was see who comes happy. in last place. Um, but the last place has to buy dinner Fuck. for the person who won, who also takes your money. And there's a trade deadline this year. We didn't have one before. And just for anyone who's like, what the fuck? When I first started playing fantasy, the league I started in didn't have a trade deadline. So I didn't implement one in our league because I didn't really know that was a thing. Voted on this year. So we have a trade deadline right before the playoffs start. So, so break down the trade deadline for me. So this is more or less just before the playoffs start. Yeah. The week before the playoffs start after on Sunday when the games start, there's no more trades. So free agents. Yeah, you can still pick yep. people up, just no trades in between teams. Um, so, so in other words, those other teams, because they're playing in loser brackets and stuff like that, they can still have the ability to trade players. And you don't want – you want no to kind of negate – players. Yeah, so you want to negate the fact that like, okay, <clears throat> well, you two we know are in the playoffs. You guys got to run. So now I'm willing to trade you some yep. – the one good player I have. So as to deter that and they don't want to be in last place because they have to buy dinner for someone who just took Definitely. Money. So – I'm a big fan. Big yes. fan of that. So it's it's brutal this year. Um, and mm-hmm. then next year, I think we're going to talk about like some weekly payouts because that would be nice to. That like, would be fun. If we did sixty dollar buy in instead of a fifty dollar buy in, and then every week we did, you know, a ten dollar yeah. a ten dollar payout to whoever scored the highest that week. Yep. Like you could you could still come in last place, but still walk away with fifty bucks because even though you lost every week, you know, or whatever, like you you know, well, it was like me last year, man, on fire. 
first half of the season. And then yeah. after that, just tanked it. Exactly. Like, it I could get my money back every year. That yep. would be a real dope thing. Look, we're fucking spreading out the public purse like a yep. fucking federal government. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am a benevolent leader. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I will say, I was highly impressed at the, for lack of a better term, the professionalism at which people drafted this year. Was, this was serious. was great. Yeah. A $50 buy-in. Weeds out the bullshit. It gets real now. Yeah. I think that's it. the jump between because last year was forty, right? Yes. So the jump between forty and fifty, all of a sudden, we just we crossed a threshold. It was hard to find because two or three people left the league in the off season. It was hard to find that last person to fill the fourteenth mm-hmm. spot because I think fifty dollars can be a deterrent, but seven hundred dollars is a fucking incentive. Really nice, yeah. So and the new addition to the league this year, um, Jordan with an A. Jordan with an A. We went to high school with him. That's okay. how we know him. I was wondering how and we... Yeah, he yeah. Like, he we, seemed like a really nice guy. He graduated high school with us, and I've actually gone to school with him since elementary school. So I've known him for wow. a long time. His grandpa, you, his grandparents used to live up the road from where I grew up. Well, they still live there. We just don't live there. Yeah, um, there you go. So <clears throat> that's... And we're friends on Facebook, and I was looking for a last person, and he posted on Facebook. He was like, hey, is there anyone looking... Like, you know, f- to fill a spot in their fantasy league. And so I messaged him. I was like, here you go. It's like, it's $50. Like, but, you know, it's 14 teams. It's fucking hard. But yep. if you want to play, like, it's your spot. So he showed up. He drafted well. He brought he the year. It was I a think good everybody deal. drafted well yes. this year. Even your yeah. mom. I was very it's, happy. She The past couple of years, there has been a team or two that has been absolute dog shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was much, much better this year. Very equal. Yeah. I felt... Like a fish out of water for a minute. Cause I was yes. like, oh shit. These yeah. people are, we're serious about this. Yeah. I like know it. it's going to be a good deal. I'm excited. Um, I really am. I have, I'm going to, I am not excited about having to reinsert fantasy footballers podcast into my regiment. Yeah. Just because my time is so finite now. They're like, fun to I got to fit though. one more in. How long is their podcast again, generally? It's like about an hour. Okay. You know, usually I can a deal with that. Under. So I'm going to be tapped, but. I can get that in. So this, yeah, and then I have another draft on Monday, and then on Tuesday is my draft for the Bennett League. Motherfucker, you are so into it. I'm banging it, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to win all these fucking leagues this year. I want all the dollars, all the dollars. Yep. Somebody got to start funding Dax's college fund, right? That's right. So. All right, so we're going to go over the matchups. Yeah, so this is the NFL schedule for next week. So we're going to go over the matchups. We're going to make all our calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are you going to keep track of this? Is that what you're going to do? Uh, or are you just writing them down there? I will keep track of both of ours. Okay, I was going to say. And I'm just going to pick the winners of each match. Yeah, and we'll it's, see what's up. I write slow. Um, so the first matchup is Packers-Bears. First game is Packers-Bears. That's actually a pretty good game. You're going to go Packers. I'm I th- going Green Bay. I'll go Packers. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also have Chiefs, Jaguars. I'm going to take the Chiefs on that one. That's going to be a tough matchup, but I'm going to uh, take the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I'll go KC on that one. Okay. The next one is Falcons, Vikings. Um, I think I'm going to go. That's a toss. I'm going to go Falcons week one. It, yeah. I'm Falcons go are tough. Yeah, especially week one, I think. Yeah. Week one. Yeah. And Hotlanta. Yep. The next one is Titans Browns. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, Ooh. it's, it's Tennessee at Cleveland. So Titans at Browns. I'm going to take the Browns on that one, actually. Oh, I'm yep. taking Tennessee. I'm taking Browns week one. The next one is Bills at Jets. <laughs> That's a shit show of a game. I'm going to take the Bills. I'm taking the Jets. All right. 
Mostly because of my time living in New York, I uh, I became a reluctant Jets fan. Really? Because if you if you live in New York for any period of time and you buy into the sports, you have to choose Yankees, Mets, Jets, Jets Giants. Giants. Yep. You got to choose, and I went with Jets every time. Mostly because like it's yeah. more they're more entertaining to watch than the Giants. Fucking I would do that. Manning Eli is yeah yeah fuck that guy. Um, and the next matchup is Ravens Dolphins. I'm going to take the Ravens on that one. I want Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Baltimore on that yep. one definitely. Um, and after that is Redskins Eagles. Jesus Christ, that is just that's a that's a rivalry right there. Yeah. Also Redskins Cowboys. Um, I'm taking Philly. Yeah, I'm going to go Eagles on that one too. I think that's I like the Redskins. I have a weird. A weird thing about the Redskins, like I like them for some reason. I don't have any any connection to them at all, but I have a like it's I the like players. them, and I the, want them to be good. They've had a good fucking solid team for a long time. Yeah, you know, last few years they've been they've had a like really they solid team. Be they better. just yeah yeah. yeah. No, I really totally get that. Uh, after that is Rams Panthers. That's going to be a good game. Um, I think the oh, oh fuck that's tough. I think the Rams are taking that one. Yeah yeah. I'll go with Rams just because I want to see fucking homeboy cry. <laughs> um, St. Louis, right? No, they are the LA Rams now. That's right. That's Remember? right. Yeah, they're LA, LA Rams. Um, after that is Colts Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers now. Andrew Luck is gone, so I think that the Chargers. They're also the LA Chargers. Chargers who um, and who and the Colts. It's the Colts at Chargers, so they're in San Diego. <sighs> I so, think that it's the Chargers, especially with Andrew Luck being gone. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> shit. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Colts. You're going Colts? Oh my yep. god! Now I can't wait to see how that game just, turns out. Just because I don't know which fucking way that's going to uh, go. The next game is Seahawks Bengals, and I obviously think the Hawks are going to win that game. The Bengals are ass. Yeah. Um, after that is Giants Cowboys. I think the Cowboys take that game even without Zeke. Um, Dallas and and then Manning. In Dallas, yeah. And the, the fucking York. black swan of the Manning family. <laughs> I really like. It's so hard because he's such garbage. He's such hot garbage, man. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't, I can't give it to him. So we're gonna have to go. Going Dallas, dude. Yeah, Dallas. Yep. And then after that is Forty ers Buccaneers. Terrible. What a horrible game. I got to go San Francisco mostly because my Garoppolo. <laughs> I think I got to go San Fran too. Yeah. All right, Isaiah, that one's for you. Yep. I'm giving you San Fran. <laughs> After that is Lions Cardinals. I think it's the Lions. I I like Matt Stafford too. I'm going Detroit. Yeah. All right, I'm going Arizona. Word. After that is Steelers Pats Steelers Patriots. That's going to be a good game. That's yeah. a Sunday night game. So that's what's up. And the Pats are on a totally different dynamic. I think the this Patriots year. take it. Yeah? Yeah. I think the Patriots take week one against the Steelers. I hate to say it, but I got to give them to them as well. Yeah. So, New England for both of us on and that one. And then there's two Monday night games, Texans-Saints, and I think that the Saints take that one, but I think it's close. I don't think that it's like a blowout. The Texans are getting good. Yeah. That's and the it's, problem. It's in New Orleans. That's why I think that Drew Brees wins because it's it's at home for the Saints. So, so St. Louis. Uh, that's New Orleans. Oh, why did I say St. Louis? Because it's the Saints. New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans Saints. New Orleans. That's why. Um, and then the last one is Broncos Raiders. That is also a terrible game. 
I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders take that last one. Yeah, Broncos are hot, hot fucking yep. garbage right now. I'm taking Raiders for that last game. So Oak. those are our predictions for week one of the NFL. I'm really happy we did this because now we can stay a week ahead mm-hmm. every single week. So we've got Tennessee Browns, mm-hmm. Jets, Bills, where we differ. Uh, Colts, Chargers, Arizona, Detroit. Lions. I'm like totally mixing up. Like, yeah, you're Arizona, good, no, Detroit, you're whatever. Uh, Saint Saints, Oak, Oak. Yep. So yep. there's only four difference we're on. So if this was the old school Benick yeah. Pickums League, we're in it, bro. Well, maybe. Should yeah. we fucking put some stakes between me and you? I think that we could probably do that. We yeah. could do that. We'll figure so, next. So yeah, because we got next. We'll week take to think a week. Yeah, we'll take a week to come up with some ideas of what we're mm-hmm. going to wager, and then next week we'll decide um, when we see who wins. And if we have a different idea, then whoever wins, then their idea is what they're going to do. Yeah. So yeah. No, I'm deal. I'm into that deal. Okay, cool. Because I'm not in the Pickums League this year for Benick. Um, oh shit. Yeah, I dialed back some of the. That's like, healthy. Yeah, I'm That's not healthy, in the Pickums, bro. and then Jordan is not in the Benick League this year, um, and so I'm mm-hmm. back to to what Word. I'm at now. All right, um, let's get you out of here so you can go see yep, your duck. So that's bro. it. So let me slap a fucking line on you real quick. Let me see here. How many dudes have you picked up at a bar, banged with your mouth, and then never talked to again? Uh, only one. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're respectable. 